happy birthday to us. Do you know what day it is, Michael? I do know what day it is. Oh my gosh, everybody. It's the Bros and Consoles podcast birthday. <gasps> Can you believe it? It's it's. We started no. our first episode. We went out November 10th of 2018. Oh my god. That was crazy, god. Michael. <laughs> it honestly does not feel like we've been doing this for a year. <laughs> Wow. That's good. Feels like it's been shorter, I assume. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know what would have been perfect, though? Yeah. If it lined up, this was like our 50th episode. Yeah. Well, because I was thinking about it, because it would have to line up with like what, like episode 52 for it to be like yeah. every week for a year. But then we had that, that one month break where I was studying for board exams mm-hmm. and stuff. <laughs> but, yeah. It's pretty, pretty, pretty good stuff, Michael. One year. Only I know, man. Th- 10 more years to go. What was that? I was trying to think of a number. I was like, what happens on the, on the 11th year anniversary? I have no idea. <laughs> I was just picking a, a oh long amount of time. I can't even. That'd be a lot of episodes. That'd be now. a lot of episodes. Oh, my gosh. So if that was another, like, 520 episodes. Oh, my Lord. Can you imagine, Michael? No, I don't want to imagine. <laughs> Let's not look that far ahead no. into the future. Because this not. is the Bros and Consoles podcast, episode 49, coming to you on November 10th, 2019. My name is the Trophy Titan, Nathan Choquette, and over here, Sonic's number one fan, Michael Ponerero. Yeah, number one fan. Indeed. <laughs> Still number one. Still number one. No one's, no one's no taking one's, the spot. No one's, no one's trying to fight me on that, so I'm going to yeah. just claim that title. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if nobody is fighting you on it, then you it's obviously own it. You know? of, course, so that's, of course. That's how it is. <laughs> <laughs> how you been doing, Michael? Uh, good. Good. Working a mm-hmm. lot, as always. Yeah. It was weird. I had a, all, a bunch of all morning shifts oh, this yeah, week. Yeah. And then you were off all week, so... Yeah, I was, I was going to say, the, the one week that I'm yeah. off, they decided to put you on work every single day. And yeah. I'm like, wow. And the weirdest right. thing was, because you mentioned, oh, you should call off one day. I'm like, ah, no, I won't do that. <laughs> and the day, was it Saturday? No, not Saturday. Wednesday? Wednesday or Thursday? One of oh, the days. Yeah. Uh, I had to stay an extra extra hour early because one of the my coworkers did call out sick. <laughs> so that was kind of ironic. Yeah. Because they were meeting up with their buddies to go Probably. Play, it was kick, actually kick a ground foosball. Foosball, yes, because foosball is huge here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But how about you? Yeah, I've been pretty good. The, obviously, last week I had a week off. Um, I'm going to be starting again at a new site now on Monday, so tomorrow. And, yeah, another 10 weeks there, and then I'll have another one-week break. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then you're done? Uh, well, then I have another site that I go to. And that's the last one. Okay. So in a, in a grand total of, like, what, roughly six months, oh. I'll be graduated. Nice. And all the sites Almost are there. within? Within Oregon. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, no, I, I don't have to go anywhere else. It's I'll be commuting, basically, from where I live over to the next, like, couple sites, just nice. like I was for this past one. So, cool. Yeah, yeah. But you guys know that this is the Bros and Consoles podcast coming to you each and every weekend with all the interesting, interesting information. There we go. Don't you, don't you hate it when your it's brain word, like yeah. combines words together? Oh yeah, oh, oh yeah, it's the worst. But yeah, what a let's let's jump in, Michael. What are you playing? Uh, three games this week. Oh. One game, much more than the other two. But I'll save that one for last. Okay. okay. Uh, first one, jump back into Yoshi's Island again. Nice. nice. Trying to slowly eat away at that. Yeah. Talked about it before. Great game. Eat away at it because you're Yoshi and he eats everything. He does eat everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some things you can't eat in the game, unfortunately. Oh, okay. <laughs> but mostly, I would say like 85% of things you can eat. Oh, okay. That's yeah. a pretty good ratio. But um, played that one for a little bit. Got uh, 
progressed further in it. Um, mm-hmm. Then I jumped into Golf Story again. Okay, wait, real quick. Have you have you beaten Yoshi's Island before? I've beaten it before, yes. Oh, okay, okay. I just want to make sure. Yeah, so I'm just gonna go read. Th- I there. It's funny. I I remember a lot of what I'm going through, but there's some things I don't. I'm like, oh, this is different. I don't remember this, uh, and it could be because maybe this is the original game, and the one I was playing was on the Game Boy Advance. Oh, okay. I don't know if they like, yeah, changed yeah. anything or not. Maybe yeah, but it could just be my memory. Um, next one I did was Golf Story, and wow, so. Real life sports. I would say I'm I'm decent at sports in real life. Some sports, mm-hmm. baseball. I can I can throw the football. I can catch it. I can hit a golf ball really far. And basketball, <laughs> whatever. But some sports, <laughs> I, I would say I'm kind of athletic. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. You can do stuff. Yeah, I can do stuff. Yeah. That really doesn't translate well to video games for me <laughs> because I there's one part in Golf Story where I had to complete a course and it was like a caveman or or a prehistoric course so there's tar pits and and dinosaurs dinosaurs no not dinosaurs there's tar pits um kind of maybe pterodactyls big legal hawks they look like hawks they're just big like or vultures they're vultures okay okay and uh, sand dunes and all this stuff but it seemed it was a nine course hole and i had to get a certain score to pass it Mm -hmm. and I, i i think i literally did it like 10 times because i kept hitting when you line up the ball, you line up for an open space. I'm like, okay, there's there's greenway, there's no tar pit, no sand dunes. I would hit it, yeah. and it would bounce, 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 bounce into a tar pit. Oh, geez. bounce, bounce, bounce into like a sand dune, and it was so frustrating. <laughs> Took me out of the game. Yeah, I beat it though, and progressed the story, and I just put it down. It's like no more golf story. <laughs> I can't play virtual sports or video game <laughs> sports for long amounts of times. You did pretty good at um, what's that game called? Everybody's golf. Yeah, for a little bit there. Yeah, yeah. But I think I, I think I also got to a point in there where the courses got too hard, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna stop. Uh, okay, okay. I think that's why I stopped. Okay. Now that I think about it. Because I was trying to think of why I stopped, and I was like, oh, probably just because other things came out, and I was that like, could oh, be it too, know, yeah. just play something else. But. I haven't touched that game in a long time. A long time. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I played a little bit of that, and then I jumped into another game that, that. I, I don't know why I put it down because it's so... Probably just new games. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> mm-hmm. I really need to like remake my top 10 video games of all time list because there's games that I would like yeah. flip in and out. Yeah. But this game, Hollow Knight. Mm-hmm. By what, Team Cherry? Team Cherry, yes. Yeah. Oh my God. It's The world is... I've talked about Hollow Knight before. Mm-hmm. And there's the details in the game. There's, there's one point where I was just exploring and I found this this i'm assuming it was a female bug mm-hmm. that was just trapped and lost and oh, yeah. i freed her it's like oh you rescued me no i thought no one was gonna come and help me and then she's like oh i'll go back to town i'm like okay and i went back to town later and i saw one of the buildings was opened mm-hmm. and she was it was her house and she was on her oh, bed yeah. sleeping and there was like there's figures of me all around oh jeez. and there's like a note of like a poem of how it doesn't say she's in love with me but i'm like her hero or her yeah, knight in shining yeah. armor i'm like oh that's so cool it's all little things like that that's funny but um i also really really like the atmosphere i like there's music in certain levels you go to mm-hmm. but it's very like subdued and yeah, you just yeah. hear like the sounds of like the world like the creatures or like yeah. dripping water and like, like the, the ambient noise yeah. Yeah, yeah something about it just it's almost relaxing mm, to me yeah. in a sense it kind of like leads itself along with like the whole idea of exploring everywhere and exactly learning what's going on and I probably did realize, but this game is, the world's massive. Like, there's yeah, so yeah. much things you can do, bosses and unlockables. Oh, yeah. 
Um, I don't know how far I am in the game. I, am, I would say maybe a third, maybe um, maybe half, maybe. Okay. No idea. Is there a um, a way to check like percentage-wise how much you've explored? And there stuff? could be. I just okay. haven't checked. Okay. I'll probably check later or after yeah, this when yeah, we were playing after it. After we record. <laughs> um, but uh, I also found another thing because I was just as you were getting your stuff ready for the podcast, mm-hmm. I was just checking Hollow Knight stuff. And apparently their team chair was going to release a DLC. Yeah, yeah. Um, but apparently they decided since it was so big, it's just going to be a sequel game. Oh, that's awesome. And it's called Hollow Knight Silk Song. Oh. Wait, and I thought that one came out. Maybe it's not. It's coming out, apparently, it was announced... On February 19th, as a sequel mm-hmm. to the 2007 Hollow Knight, and it says it's to be announced, but it's coming out for uh, Windows, Mac OS, Lynx, and Nintendo Switch. Oh, okay. They have a, uh, a trailer for it and everything. They're showing the gameplay and stuff. Yeah. It's really good. Nah. And Wait, so it's not coming out for PS4 and Xbox One either? All it says is, as of right now, at least on Wikipedia and the other sites, it says Windows, Mac, Linux, and Nintendo Switch. Oh, weird. It could be coming out for the other ones. Yeah, I mean, I think before it it came out for PS4 and Xbox One after it came out for Switch and PC stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. Because then you got the, what was it, they called it like the Void Heart edition where it it came with like whatever like additional DLC things after the fact. Oh, that's cool. But yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. But uh, it looks like you're playing as the... The female girl. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It looks really, really good. Ah, I gotta okay. beat this one first, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is, yeah. Because the, the reason I ask about the percentage thing is because I there's a trophy tied with it where you can finish the game after, um, what's it? It's something like, something weird, like 119 or 120% completion of, like, you, you complete the game with that, like, completion rate or something. Oh, and I'm dang. like, oh, well, there must be a way to check it somehow. Yeah. Otherwise, that's, that's tough to figure it out. Yeah, I'll check after and see. But uh, yeah, those were the three games I've been playing this week. Yeah, what about nice. you? Um, so I played. What was it? The like I think hours wise, like this has been the longest I've been able to play things for a while. Just nice. I can just play stuff during the day. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I think I did what like close to uh, close to forty hours. I think of okay. like scattered around. Not bad. Um, so I played The Outer Worlds. Uh, I think I played like 11 hours of The Outer Worlds Ooh, or something. Ooh, man. Uh, Stacking up that of, time. <laughs> yeah, on top of what I've already played. So I'm, I'm like, I don't know, 12, 13, 14 hours in or something. Nice. Um, I finally finished the first like planet that I was on. And now I'm on a like spaceship thing. So now I can kind of see where um, people have kind of like related it to feeling like mass effect a little bit oh, because okay. like when you go to the next location you pick your your team that you want to bring with you and so i have a couple um crew members and so it kind of brings you to a screen that looks like the mass effect like crew selection screen oh that's cool and you get to choose like up to two people so it oh. feels like a team of of what's called mass effect people basically right. <laughs> so i was like oh this is pretty cool, <laughs> that, is but cool. That, that was where i left off so I'm, i haven't gotten any further after that okay um I'm still I'm still enjoying the game. Like Pretty I think good. I think in terms of like um, Fallout games of the past, I haven't played a huge amount of time into like one game in particular. I, I think I've never crossed like the I would assume like the fifteen or twenty hour mark or something in one of these games. Right. But if it took me like I don't know, like eleven, twelve, thirteen hours or something just to get to where I am now. I assume there's probably going to be a bunch more that I'll end up doing mm-hmm. to continue on. 
And so I think this this game just is more interesting to me than like Fallout games have been. Makes sense. Yeah, and it's I think it's may, maybe probably just because it's not like a post-apocalyptic kind of thing. It's a like space. space adventure. Yeah. Which I'm just like, oh, this is it's so colorful everywhere. There's so much more I feel like you can do with like a space thing mm-hmm. than like a post-apocalyptic. Yeah, because I mean, it's, if it's post-apocalyptic, you got people that are crazy that will attack you and stuff, and then you got mutated creatures. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, well, the world's very brown and mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, those the Fallout games have always been very like. Yeah, the colors have not been like vibrant or anything like mm-hmm. that. It's very like yeah, gray, brown, that kind of stuff, depending on which game you were playing. But the, but yeah, I'm really enjoying it so far though. Um, I ended up just kind of giving up on my like idea of, and I'm gonna mention this last week. I just gave up on trying to play it like as a specific character in mind. Yeah, and because I'm just like, nah, it's it's too much like meta meta game thinking, and I'm just gonna play this like regular. I'm gonna now. enjoy it while I can. Yeah. <laughs> But it's pretty good, though. That's cool. Man, uh, tr- uh, trophies slash achievements in that game suck, though. Like, really? I've only gotten, I think, like a handful at this point. Oof. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. So what you're saying Crazy. is you're going to platinum this game. <laughs> or no, or get all the achievements get in all this the game. Achievements. Yeah, because I'm playing on Xbox, but I'm like, eh, nah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Xbox is like the, the one thing that I feel free on where I'm just like, I don't have to get all these like achievements and stuff. Because it's just like a 100% thing. Mm. And something about like looking at that on the Xbox like achievement list isn't as annoying to me as looking at like my PS4 list or just oh, a PlayStation really? games list. Because that one, it's like there's there's always like that platinum that is like obtainable. And I'm just like, well, might as well. I might as well. <laughs> you know? But for the Xbox, it's just like, oh, just just get 100%. And I'm like, well, I don't get anything for getting 100%. So why would I do it? <laughs> The weird, the weird way is the brain works. <laughs> <laughs> the weird, like compartmentalization things it does. But yeah, so I did. So I played a bunch of the Outer Worlds, mm. um, spread out, not like all in one chunk. Right, right. Um, also, because this was the last, like, not the full week, but um, up until the the end of the sixth of November. So basically, when November seventh hit, the trophy passes that were available on Sony Rewards, if you had already been signed up for it. Um, were cut off right so you had to earn any kind of like remaining rewards um before the seventh basically okay and then it'll just kind of update once sony rewards is always slow so it's going to take a while before it's like updated and everything um but i went through played 13 different games um got 18 platinums across my two different accounts so I had to do that because I'm just like, well, I might as well. I'm close on this. I'm close on my main account to getting this new, like, uh, what's it called? Trophy reward thing. And then I just was like, well, I'll just, I'll do one more on my, my alternate account just to get that out of the way. Oh my God. <laughs> Buckle up, people. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not going to, I'm not going to like go into detail about these because um, they're a bunch of them are just run like a games. Oh, okay. Or rather like a games games, which is the weirdest thing to say. Um, so I played Legend of Skyfish. Okay. I played Super Willow D-Make, Skytime, Mechabolt, Mochi Mochi Boy, Hymno, One Word by Paugi, Drowning, Planet Ricks 13, Warlock's Tower, Sagebrush, Tetris Escape, and Just Ignore Them. Four, three to four of those games <laughs> I know of. All yeah. the others, like, what are these? What are these? <laughs> what are these nonsense names you're talking about? <laughs> but yeah, so I'll, I'll only talk about a few of them. Actually, uh, really, only two of them that I wrote down here because only two of them I think like need any kind of like explanation and stuff. Um, so Sky Time, 
This one is actually not a Ride Like a Games game. It's a published by I think it's they're called Sometimes You. Hmm. Um, this game actually though was surprisingly like it's it's frustrating in its own way, but has like a, a surprising like flair of fun to it. Okay. Um, if you've played Cluster Truck before yes um it kind of feels like you're playing cluster truck oh, man except you um they have a mechanic in the game where you can stop time and when you stop time your character keeps on moving and like gaining momentum the the, the, the whole point of this game is like they they tell you in the beginning to not stop moving so you just keep on going and you're trying to reach the end of these different levels and stuff mm. there's i think like what 10 levels in total that's not bad yeah yeah it's not not too bad at all um, and then the only things related to trophies that you really need to worry about are like um, completing each level in like a certain amount of time and then getting rid of all the uh, turrets that shoot at you in the okay. level and stuff. Um, but you, you have the slow down time ability, which um, has like a, a bar that slowly drains as you use it. And then once it's all used up, it has to fill back up again, which takes like a few seconds. It's not too bad. Um, and then you have a wrench that you can throw to destroy these turrets. And then um, you either... Play all over. Yeah, yeah. And then you... Oh, God, I didn't think about that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you throw this wrench, and then it either comes back to you after a certain amount of time, or you can press the button to instantly recall it. Oh, okay. When you do the instant recall, it uses up a little bit of your stop time meter. So it's kind of like balancing the, between those two. Um, because if you take enough hits from the turrets, then you're character you know like quote-unquote dies and then mm. you have to restart to restart that level um so it's not, it's actually kind of a fun game of just trying to figure out how to get through these things the quickest and then if you're trying to do the the trophies and stuff like getting all the different um turrets i think is probably one of the more like annoying things to do mm-hmm. um just because then it's like you're it's more fun when you make it a kind of speed race thing as opposed to make it like i'm trying to get all of these uh, turrets within like this time which is what i was trying to do because i'm like i'm trying to do this as fast as possible let's knock out all the birds with one stone you know? you're right right but it was pretty fun though it was fun i think it took like a few hours is that a that's a writer like a game right uh it's a sometimes you oh, okay sure yeah um but yeah I, I would i would recommend it if you enjoy stuff like like cluster truck then i think it's actually a fun game to play okay and i think it's it's cheap it's like a few bucks or something it's not bad um then i played just ignore them in there now that one uh i know you mentioned you're like oh this looks like um my little sister my big sister my big sister there we go you said it looks like my big sister and i'm like oh yeah it kind of does yeah and it's giving me like a cool creepy vibe and it was actually a really interesting game it's like um eight bit kind of characters and stuff you walk all over the place it's parts like um ed- not adventure game yeah i guess like like part like adventure puzzles kind of thing mm-hmm. you go and find items that you need to progress and whatnot just like my big sister yeah and i kind of i kind of figured based on like looking at what my big sister looked like i was like this has got to be a similar type of like game and stuff but um yeah i think it's takes like a uh maybe a couple hours to beat um maybe only like one and a half if you're using like a guide or something mm-hmm. but you can you can go through it pretty or even even faster probably you can go through it pretty quickly um, but the, the story is very like creepy and like dark and kind of just like you're, you're trying to figure out what's going on. There's these creepy monsters that are popping Ooh. up all over the place and you got to avoid them and work together with this um, girl that you meet randomly and stuff. Mm. And it's pretty cool. It's, it's a weird like lore in the background of this game and stuff, but you, you eventually get all the information. And then, um, the cool thing that I liked is that, uh, at the end of the game, 
you get what is it? You, you get a like a with a cassette tape kind of thing. And then if you found the other two cassette tapes um, throughout the game um, that are kind of hidden in, in different levels, then you get these additional like story tapes to listen to. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and it, it kind of it kind of makes it seem like at the end of the cassette tapes that there may be a sequel. Ooh. Which or it leaves it open for a sequel kind of thing. And I'm like, that's that's super weird. I wasn't expecting like a hint of sequels kind of thing coming that's over interesting. here. Yeah, and I was like, oh, well, maybe maybe if it was like cheap enough to make and and they made enough money to warrant like a sequel and stuff, they'll just do it. And I'm like, oh, that's that's pretty cool though. But I like the option for extra story beats and stuff. Right. Funny thing about it, I mm. just looked it up. Yeah. It's made by the same guy who did My Big Sister. Oh well, that makes a lot of sense. Stringa. Oh, Stranga. Stranga, okay, yeah, a.k.a. Yeah, yeah. Nathan for short. Oh. It's apparently made by one dude. Wow, jeez. Yeah, he did My Big Sister, Just Ignore Them, and then looks like three other games. Oh. So if it's anything, hearing what you said about it, I'm, I would most likely like this game. Yeah, yeah. And that one, it's it, I, it's probably not on sale anymore, but it's mm-hmm. like five bucks. And you get the, if you're getting it on the PlayStation, you get the Vita and PS4 version it's a it's a like cross by kind of thing nice so yeah pretty cool pretty cool then i went and beat gunvolt chronicles oh man oh man that was tough it was tough at the the end boss areas and stuff Uh like the it's it's if you if you kind of like liken it to something like mega man it's basically like mega man or like even even closer to the um just regular gunvolt um series yes the azure striker gunvolt um but it, it kind of just feels like a Mega Man game to me because when i play it like and I'm, I'm it's i think it's similar to azure striker in that regard too i just haven't played those games um but you get upgrades from each boss that you fight mm. and then each boss's ability works against somebody else and like does like better damage and stuff um and then just the characters within there are all just very like cute and likable basically um but go through fight all the bosses and get to the end boss and there was some there was some crazy like story things that they dropped in there that i was like whoa Whoa. man i didn't see this coming at all (laughs) what kind of game are you (laughs) yeah i was i was like geez the heck you just you just destroyed another like game universe or something but um it was pretty cool though the the combat in the game i think is the most fun part so i was just trying to figure out how to like beat the final boss and stuff i was just like oh my gosh because they do they do so much damage mm. in certain parts, and if you're playing the game like how I was playing it, you're using a lot of the uh, what's it's called the Kiz Prevasion system. So it's like you have these um, markers on the bottom of the screen that are called um, bullets with an eye, and um, each time you get hit, it drains like one or two bullets, and you can you can like reload basically. But uh, when you get hit and it drains the bullets, you don't take any damage from it. Except if you're taking damage from an electricity-based attack. If you get hit by like some kind of electricity-based thing, then you actually take damage and the prevasion system doesn't work. Oh, okay. Yeah, so... That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So it's, a, it's an interesting kind of thing. It's like you're, you're trying to figure out... It's, it's, like, it's, it's strange in the idea that they're giving you this ability for basically all the other bosses except for ones that use electricity kind mm. of thing. Because then it's like the the final boss. Obviously, he's an electricity user, which means that now like this this bullet thing is just kind of like useless. It's not like <laughs> useful anymore. You're right. So it's, it's it's kind of strange in that fact. Um, but the the way you kind of like get through the boss and stuff now is just a lot of like dodging and stuff. 
And at first I was like, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. But eventually like you figure it out and you kind of have to like be in specific places on the screen at specific times and God stuff. Dang. Yeah. So it's a lot of like figuring things out as you go. Trial and error kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And like one of like, just for as an example, like, um, so the sides of the screens, you can't go past, right? Like there's no like physical wall that you can see, but because of, you know, how the, the boss level is set up, you can't go past them. But in my mind, that makes me think that I can't go like above the screen either. And which you can go above the screen, oh. which is the weird thing. I'm just like, okay, well, that's that's. I think that's how they probably expect you to avoid some of the things. Is like you dash like upwards rather than you know just um, just trying to because you can't really dash through electricity either. You have mm. to like avoid it. Okay. So instead of being able to go like through it and stuff, you have to go above everything. So that now you're you're being missed by the attacks and whatnot. Okay. But if you're playing. I don't know. I feel like I feel like logically, if you're if you if you think that you can't go from side to side, like if you can't go past the side barriers, then your brain tells you you can't go above like the the, the top screen barrier either. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just like, I don't know how you're what supposed to avoid these things. <laughs> and eventually, when you realize you can do that, then you're like, oh, well, this is how I beat the boss and stuff. <laughs> so some le- some weird like logic like puzzle kind of things in there that you end up figuring out through trial and error. But fun game overall though. And the I think. I think if I remember right, it seems like you could probably get a sequel out of out of the end of this game. As oh, well. really? I think so. If I'm remembering things correctly, they had a, they had a like fun thing at the end where, as the credits are rolling, one of the characters is like running to like another character kind of thing. And so once you get to the end of there, there's kind of some end cutscenes and stuff. And it seems like you could probably do more, more like games afterwards, which I'm I'm assuming is probably their intent. Probably, yeah. They have so many of those games out already. Oh yeah, yeah. Granted, like this is the only Gunvolt Chronicles, but oh. but the Azure Striker Gunvolt yeah, series, yeah, has a bunch thing. of things. But yeah, pretty fun though. I like I liked it quite a lot. Nice. Then I played um, the Neo Two Beta. Oh. And I, I finished that because I needed to get the. There's a DLC item that you can unlock. Um, if people end up listening to this before the 11th of of this month, so before to Monday, then they might be able to also like do it if they haven't done it yet. Um, but the beta I think went up. Was it November first, and was running until, or is running until the end of the tenth? Um, and then, if you manage to beat, um, I think it's basically if you just beat the the beta or like the first main like main main boss, um, you get this special um, like helmet DLC. It like it brings it's like you beat it, you it brings you to a page that now you can unlock the DLC. Which is, I guess, is available, which is unavailable for anyone else who is just trying to find it on the store. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And you might be able to buy it like later on and stuff if you didn't get a chance to get it. I would assume it's just like a what's called not really cosmetic because I, I think it probably gives you stats within the mm-hmm. game and stuff. But it's like a little, little extra cool item that people who participated in the beta will get and stuff. Oh, I because you said you said helmet DLC. I'm like, oh, like an added like part of the game. Oh no, That's no, what, yeah, it's it's a, yeah, it's a yeah. piece of armor, yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah. And it's it it's now, like it a proof that you've you've beaten the boss within the beta and stuff, and weren't early player Access. tester kind of thing. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's very cool. But the man, the game plays fast, just like how the the first Neo played. Um, they got some cool upgraded upgraded slash like new weapons. Mm. So. Um, Basically, I think all the old weapon styles that were available before are still there, but they've added new ones. Um, like they have the uh, Switchglaive, 
in there. So it looks like a giant scythe. Oh. And it kind of like folds in on itself as well. So you can use it as like a large like blade kind of thing oh, for cool. faster attacks. It's kind of like or uh, a scythe for larger ones. Uh, Bloodborne. Kind of, yeah, kind of like that. It's it's you don't you don't press. Uh, <laughs> Michael's making a <laughs> like hand a motion or something. <laughs> It's time to duel. <laughs> no, um, it's like you you don't you don't press a button to bring it in and out of like the like changed modes, um, or at least like you know to, to change the weapon like size and whatnot. Um, but like Neo, where you can change your stances from like high to medium to low. Oh. And in the different stances, it uses the either like compact version or the like scythe version of itself. Mm. So they had um, that one. I don't remember if they had uh, Tonfas in the first Neo. It's been a while since I've played it, and I've never played it. Oh, okay. Well, Michael, I played the demo. I was say, did you did you get it on? Uh, it's free right now on PS Plus. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, then I'll download okay. it. Okay, get it, and then we'll <laughs> play it afterwards. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so like they have the. I was trying out some of the the Tonfas in there. Um, they have like a like a dual axe system mm. now and stuff, which is pretty cool. Um, but in terms of like the, the game itself, they also have these, and maybe they had this in the first Neo and I just didn't play enough of it to find out. Um, but they have these things called, uh, yokai weapons, which is like, um, Japanese for uh, ghost basically. Um, but the, the yokai weapons, when you use them, they slowly build this meter. And when the meter, um, is like completely full, um, they, so they're, they're essentially called like sentient weapons as well. So when the meter fills up all the way, the weapon talks to you and it becomes more powerful. Oh, that's cool. And it's more powerful until the meter is like drained again and then you start fighting enemies with it. Mm. But uh, I was finding like quite a lot of different weapons um, just because whenever you fight, what is it? Um, sometimes you'll find in there the, uh, the like these red swords that are kind of like graves of fallen warriors. Um, and they can either be warriors that were placed like within the story of the game or people that died online because mm. the whole thing is online, basically. Um, so I was, I was just fighting as many of them as I could. Um, now, and when you fight them, you get these um, these like cup items. And the cup items can be used to summon um, uh, friendly ghosts. So now I think that I think that's a newer thing. I, haven't, I don't remember seeing that in the first Neo where now there's these blue swords okay. um, as well as the red swords in the ground. And the blue ones summon friendly ghosts. The red ones summon the like bad ghosts that you can fight, but then get like cool armor and stuff based off of like random drops from them. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 gotten a lot more advanced. I would say it feels like right. Um, plus the skill tree within like the now there's like skill trees for every single like item type or like every single weapon type, mm. as well as kind of like um, like samurai skill tree. Um, a newer mechanic, I believe, where you put, uh, you get these orbs from these um, fallen like demons and stuff. And when you get the orb, you can use it now as a skill. So it's oh. like you, you, you go back to one of your save point areas and you rest there. And then it purifies this orb that you've gotten from a fallen demon. And now you can equip that, or like they call it a tuning. And so you attune the orb to your, like, guardian spirit, which they had in the previous game. But now there's, like, new guardian spirits. Um, when you do that, you can now, like, use this really cool, like, special attack that, like, the the demon was using against you kind of mm. thing. So, like, um, one of them looks like this kind of, like, really, like, bulky, like, muscly, 
monkey style, like kind of monkey type demon a little bit. Okay. He has like a large spear that he'll like sometimes climb on and mm. jump and then hurl his spear at you. Hopefully. And so if you if you beat him, I think it's, I think it's called an Enki, but it's like if you beat him, then you and you forget his spirit orb, you can attune yourself to that, which uses up a, a few points of like this meter that you have. And now, as long as you're not going over the amount of points that you have on that meter, you can use this. Um, you slowly like build up, was it uh, po- like ability points to be able to use it during just like regular combat. And so now you change into this demon form and you do that same kind of jumping and spear throwing oh, move. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. And the um, creatures or the what is it? The spirits, like guardian spirits that you have, transform your character into like a demon form now. As like their special move kind of thing, mm. so they're kind of and it's it's kind of shown in the like trailer kind of stuff as well, or at least like the trailer they show in the beginning of the um, the beta, where your character like is like a samurai running away from, basically it looks like he's running away from from demons and stuff, and he looks like he's getting like like murdered basically, and then he you see some horns like grow on him all of a sudden. And he like grabs them and breaks them and transforms into this crazy like demon thing. <laughs> yeah, and so that's, that's intense. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty intense. But it, that's that's kind of I think part of the idea of like what's going on in the game is like now you have this these demon abilities that you can get as well. Oh man! So it's like they've really kind of added to the type of like combat things that you can do in terms of just being who you are as like your character and stuff. Right. These games, I love. I don't care. I don't, don't want to say love. Yeah. I like the idea of them, like Dark yeah, Souls yeah. and Bloodborne and Sekiro and now Neo. Mm-hmm. But it it it's with all those games I've played that I get into it for like a couple hours, yeah, or yeah. so, and then I'm like, man, these games are are real, real hard. hard. <laughs> they are not not my kind of games. I enjoy what's going on here, but man, these are not my kind of games. Yeah. yeah. And I appreciate that you enjoy them a lot. Oh yeah. So you can yeah. tell me about them. Yeah. Well see now Michael, now now I know it's probably not something you would like go in and, and just buy because it's maybe not your type of game. But since Neo's free I'll I'll down on it and try it because I I I played the demo when it came out the first one. Oh okay, yeah. A while ago because I have the beta still in my library thing. Mm-hmm. And I tried it. I'm like, oh yeah, this is this is Japan, kind of Dark Skulls esque <laughs> yeah, gameplay. Yeah. I'm like, okay, played it for a little bit. I'm like, man, I'm dying. Well, I'm gonna put this down right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think actually, maybe I played the beta too. But I think yeah, that's that's how I remember it. It was it was a pretty like tough experience. And stuff. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah, I want I want to get through because the world is really cool. <laughs> it is very cool. <laughs> <You> yeah. <know? laughs> but yeah, so I think that like playing the the Neo Two beta has just made me want to go back and play the first Neo. So I haven't done it yet, but I think I'm probably going to soon, I think. I, I, w- I was playing some other games and trying to beat those ones and stuff. Mm-hmm. So now that I've actually done that for a couple other ones, and I'm like, okay, now I can now I can feel good about going <laughs> to this other game that came out, like, what, a, a year or two ago. There you go. <laughs> but, yeah, so I, I played that for, uh, I think it, it took, like, what, like five hours or something to get through it, or maybe a little bit more. Um, but played that one. Played a little bit of Mass Effect 2. I think, mm. like, another, like, hour or so. Nice. Yeah, so I got over to, um, what is that place called? Uh, it reminds me of, oh, it's uh, Omega. That's what it's called. Um, it's, like, that space station with all, like, the, the rogue-looking people and stuff. It's real, like, seedy and stuff. It's flying out in space. You know what I'm talking about? Wait, is I, it called Omega? I feel yeah, like... I think it's called Omega. The, yeah, the, I... the Asari lady... 
um, rules over it, and she's like, oh. "I am Omega." Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Yes. Okay. I remember. Yeah. So so there's, the so there's that thing. right. Um. So the so I got to there. I'm about to pick up um Zaid. Is that his name? Oh, the camouflage or the lizard looking dude? Uh. No. 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 Um. That's that's uh. Shoot. What's his name? That's Garrus. Um. I'm no, gonna, no. 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 Gar- Zaid was the the mercenary. Yeah. With the he kind of looks like a reptilian because Garrus has the armor. Oh, you're talking about um, Thane? Oh, I'm think- I'm, yeah, I'm talking about Thane. Oh, okay, okay. So Zaid is just the, um, he wears like the yellow armor. He's like a mercenary dude, kind of kind of like a scars on his face. Oh, man. He's like only a character, I think, for people who got like the DLC for him or played it on PlayStation. Okay, hold on. Continue, continue. Yeah, yeah, but so, so I'm about to oh, get yeah, him. yeah, I never had him. What? You totally had him. I, I believe I watched you with him. Because I was like, oh, man, I'm real jealous because I don't want to buy the DLC back when it was, like, what, like, 2012 or 2013 or something. I honestly don't remember him. Because it's like you can get him and um, Kasumi Goto as well, like the the thief girl. You can get the two of them on Omega, and they're, like, specifically DLC characters or something. Oh, okay. I think maybe um, uh, Kasumi is the only one who is, like, only on PlayStation kind of thing. Right. Or at least for, for free. I forget. It's been a while. Um, but so I played, played that for a little bit, um, played a game called, uh, Metropolis Lux Obscura, which is one that I've, I've played before. <laughs> um, it's like the, it's a match three kind of game with a gritty, like Sin City kind of story in the background and stuff. Okay. So I finally like went through and got all the different endings, um, to platinum the game and stuff. And I was like finishing it all up and I was like, you know, like after getting all these different endings, because I'm looking for... For some kind of good ending you know and I, I i can see where one of them is like kind of good i guess there's there's four endings in total uh, but after getting the other ones i'm just like you know this game kind of sucks it's not it's not <laughs> oh, very <geez>. good <laughs> which is sad so i'm just like realization. Oh, man, yeah i came to the realization <laughs> i don't like the game that much oh at least you know now yeah yeah i mean I, i'm i'm i've platinumed it i'm never gonna play it again but i'm just like i'm like oh yeah that's it kind of sucks like <laughs> getting to the end of all this and i'm just like oh yeah Damn. it's it's not that the, the I mean, in terms of, like, the game itself, it's a weird kind of loop because it's, like, every fight that you get into within the game, um, some of them are, like, mandatory story kind of things. Other ones you can skip, I think, um, based on, like, your decisions and whatnot. But each time you finish a fight, you get to choose from, like, one of four, like, random um, kind of, like, uh, bonuses that appears and like these ones will either you can either get like continue to get into the same one if you get lucky enough to get it over and over again mm. um or you can choose a bunch of different ones and it just kind of changes the the way that you have to play i guess right um but aside from like the that kind of stuff and like the the match three kind of gameplay and whatnot which is is it is what it is you know it's just kind of strategy moving moving like a tile along like a vertical or horizontal like field and stuff to yeah. try and make like three or more in a row match um so like that part is 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 fine it's like a it's a fine gameplay like style and whatnot but i think what it is is like the story in the background kind of sucks so it's like as i'm as i'm going through these different story things like the the main character you like because i think maybe it's like when you play as main characters you always want them to be like good guys and stuff you know kind of like somewhere deep down you're like oh man hope hopefully like there's a good there's a good ending because i'm playing as this character 
and you know like people i think tend to like be like i am this character yeah in the terms of like playing the game and whatnot so when when you find out that your character is just like a bad dude just like throughout the different endings you're just like oh he's just he's just a bad dude (laughs) and he's because i mean like he he starts the game off where he comes out of prison right so i mean obviously he was he was in prison and stuff he's a bad dude yeah um but it's like he gets into these fights and stuff he does shady jobs and things and then by the end of like three of the endings you're like oh my character just really sucks as a person you know it's like (laughs) i I wanted to believe that he would be like this like good guy and stuff but it's like when you get to the end of these different things you're just like oh like this world's real dark which is like it, it can be good or bad like depending on if you like dark stories kind of things but when the world is dark and your character is a bad dude then it's just like why am i, why am I spending playing? time in this world you know? <laughs> it's and the only other like redeeming part is like the the one you know like semi good ending where you end up basically like um you end up you end up murdering yourself like committing suicide and stuff to help save these um two like uh, a a lady who shot this um councilman's son because he was doing bad stuff he was trying to be a bad guy right um so you end up saving her and her daughter because you know the police were under the councilman's like thumb and whatnot and they're gonna do bad stuff to them yeah so um to basically to help them get away safe you um you let them escape and then you just like commit suicide and stuff which is a real like weird thing and i'm like oh well that's the good ending i guess i guess and then when you get the other three endings i'm like wow that is the good good ending and these are all bad what is this what is it called again um it's called metropolis lux obscura um so obscura lux apparently is latin for i think like dark light Uh, so then i'm just like okay well i get the i get the reference that the game is supposed to be dark and stuff oh this is the one you were talking about with at uh when you went to pax and stuff Mm, it might have been something that i played around the time i think i think it might have been yeah because i remember okay okay yeah it's it's i mean it's it's got like that like sin city kind of vibe and stuff yes but i'm just like oh yeah like after i finished everything i'm just like huh this is not something that i would like recommend readily to people you know (laughs) which is unfortunate your first video game that you've ever played play this one oh gosh (laughs) i would that's yeah that's if i never want that person to play video games again probably (laughs) or they just really like sin city i guess right um, but yeah, so it, it was what it was, and yeah, I'll just probably never play it again. <laughs> uh, well, now it's now it's out of the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's it's to the point where I probably wouldn't even because I I only platinum this on my main account. I w- I probably wouldn't pick it up again to do it on like an alternate account. Oh If wow. trophy passes like came up again, you know. Dang. Yeah, it's just it's like match three gameplay is not something that I find like exhilarating Appearing, or anything, yeah, you yeah. know. So I'm just like, yeah, I'll just probably, I probably don't ever need to play something like this again. Um, but the next one, way better game, way better game, crazy. It's called Light Fairy Tale Episode One. Mm. So apparently, um, I didn't realize it when I got it. Um, so it's made by a uh, developer called uh, Neko Works, I believe. Um, Neko means cat in mm. Japanese, and it's the the main like like emblem for the game or the the developer is like a cat girl mm-hmm. um and the game itself um, after kind of looking things up a little bit because i was curious to see if there had been plans for an episode two like already announced and stuff um but apparently the game came from the square enix collective which is their um kind of like division for like the indie games and indie devs that they help out to like produce these games and whatnot mm-hmm. 
Um, I, I'd have to go through and look. They have like a pretty large list of games that they've kind of like helped um, produce through like the Square Enix Collective kind of thing. Um, but the game is very fun. It's supposed to be, and we I think we talked about it last week because it came out like a week ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it's supposed to be reminiscent to like 90s era JRPGs and stuff. Right. And playing the game kind of gives me the feeling of like when I played um, the, what is it, Final Fantasy VII more recently and stuff. Um, Those are the so, vibes I was getting. Yeah, yeah. So like the the music's really good. The, there's and it, it's funny because when you get into certain areas, it'll show you like the title of like whatever track is playing and stuff. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the the track is called like the first battle kind of thing <laughs> because it's the first time you get into a fight. Yes. Um, but like the the music's good. The world is pretty cool looking. Um, you kind of live in this underground world. No one's ever seen the sky and nobody knows what it is mm-hmm. apparently, um, or at least like people have forgotten. Um, your character um, is Haru, and your childhood friend is um kuroko and basically the two of you kind of like adventure around in this area some things happen and you have to fight the 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 empire basically (laughs) because they're they're end up like chasing you and stuff right um and it's it's a pretty short game obviously because it's they since it's episode one i assume there's going to be like more things if it does well enough um but it only took like maybe like three hours to beat or so yeah yeah um when you beat it you do unlock um so it's like you play as uh haru first the 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 boy character and then when you beat it it says that you unlock um kuroko's version of like a story so then it's it sounds like you get additional like cutscene type things and like story background and whatnot and now you're playing from the girl's perspective instead of the guy's perspective. Mm. Um, but something I thought you would appreciate is, like, obviously they're childhood friends and stuff. The girl has a crush on the, the boy character. Yep. And she's pretty cute. The In terms of, like, like obviously she, she the characters look good. Like, they, they look very, like, well-drawn and stuff. It looks kind of like 90s drawn anime and whatnot. Yes. Um, but the in their, like, little, you know, like, chibi, like, small form and stuff on the game itself... Um, they have like these cute animations and stuff and she she's sometimes like she has like a fiery temper and kind of throws fits and stuff and then gets mad when he, your character talks to like this other girl in there and stuff now is is there is there like a like a, a mysterious main girl that pops in um, there's going to oh, be of course when is. I got to the end of the game right and this may be a little spoilery um, that's fine yeah I don't think it's it's not super spoilery because I don't even know what's happening with the whole thing that, that did come up. When you finish the game, um, it shows you this kind of like anime style cutscene, which is essentially like it, it reminds me of like opening movies to like Tales games. Okay. Kind of Those are always so good. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's it's real fun to just like watch it go through. And now that I've spent time with these characters, I know roughly what's going on. Yes. Um, but yeah, so it's like you unlock that cutscene thing and in one of the parts of the the short like animated movie and stuff, um, you do see Haru picking up this girl that is like unconscious or something and or at least like like kneeling by her. And then um, I would assume uh, Kuroko is like nearby and she kind of sees because he's, he's like he's holding her back up because she's unconscious on the ground. Yes. I think he's like holding her hand too because she's on the ground. I don't know exactly, but because um, it hasn't it hasn't happened yet. You know, <laughs> these right. are like future events that haven't happened. Um, but you see like Kuroko kind of get like you know like like sad looking, and I'm just like oh man. But 
it doesn't seem too bad. Um, the only the only thing is that the classic um, classic like Japanese main male characters. He's kind of like a, a I wouldn't say he's he's a doofus, oblivious. but he is slightly oblivious. Slightly. God, you were making me want to play this game. No, I don't want to play this game. <laughs> no, I, no. You I gotta, see the track is coming down. You got to play it because there may be changes. I don't know if the formula is going to hold. You know. <sighs> And the what's it called? The okay. the there is another because there's other characters as well, um, but you only have these two characters throughout this episode, basically. Right. Um, one of the other characters though is a someone who I thought was a boy. Apparently, it's a girl. Named, okay. Um, and they call her Kid. Kid. Apparently, nobody knows what her real name is, so they just refer to her as Kid. I'm just and, and when I first heard that I was like that's kind of cool like mysterious and whatnot. Then I was like, why didn't anyone just ask her what her name was? You know, <laughs> right? But maybe she doesn't know either. Okay. Um, but she is on um, Kuroko's side, mm. where she's she's like she's kind of like teases um, Kuroko about like, hey, did you did you confess to Haru yet? And she's like, what? No, shut up. And so then I was like, what? And she's like, confess about what? And she um, she's like, oh, um, that I. That I ate your candy bar oh, that went God. missing, and he's like, "Oh my gosh, you did! I knew it was you." <laughs> and all these cute things. It's funny, like little story beats. Yeah, you know? oh, God. I, um, I already see where it's going. Yeah, kind of. But um, the the other like side character kid, um, you are talking with her at one point, and she she asks you like a question, and your character gets all like like oh like I think she asked like. Um, I was like, "Oh, where's your where's your girlfriend, um, Kuroko and stuff?" And he's like, "He's like, what? My girlfriend? No, no way in hell!" And, she, and then she's like, "One, don't ever say that again. Two, you're such an idiot, kind of thing." Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, character. "Oh." So I'm like, "Oh, maybe, maybe it'll happen. Who knows, Michael? We'll have to play and find out." Yeah. But it's a it's a very approachable RPG. The I would say it's like a lighter rpg kind of thing okay i didn't feel like i ever had to do a crazy amount of like um what's that called of like item inventory management kind of stuff or or really even like buying equipment for characters there was only like one area where i bought equipment for characters and it was really the only place that was available to do it Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like a rpg that's been broken up into pieces basically okay which kind of it makes it feel more approachable than, say, a game like Final Fantasy Fifteen, right? Yeah. Or Final Fantasy Seven, I think, is an even greater example, where it's like you know going in that this is going to be like long a long, thing. epic journey, but you have to you're going to have to put in a huge amount of time for it. Whereas, like playing this game, I was like going in, I'm like, I'm based on trophies, like trophies I've been getting. It looks like I'm gonna beat this game fairly quickly, mm-hmm. and and I did, and it was only like a few hours, and I'm like, oh well, that's great because if each episode is gonna be like a chunk of like maybe like a few hours, a few to like several hours, then that's much easier for me to actually get invested in this RPG that's because true. playing something huge like Final Fantasy series or like The Witcher or something like that, I'm to- like, <laughs> I can't get invested in these because the there's way too much time and there's way too many games, yeah. You know? That's so, cool, though. Yeah, yeah, very, very cool. So if you guys are interested in that, like, pick it up. It's it's what like ten bucks. It's not bad at all. Yeah, I think nine ninety nine. So I'm just like, oh man, it's very, very approachable, cool looking entry into the game and stuff. And I want to see what happens next. What if they never come out with another episode? 
Well, that would be sad. <laughs> just my my mind will imagine. Make it up. <laughs> my mind will imagine that that uh, Kuroko and Haru got together, and and it'll be fine. Yeah. There you go. Let's hope. <laughs> but now you know what we can not have to worry about and like hope about Michael hmm. is the the fact that we have the news of the week, and that comes from. <laughs> The Propinion Report. So, this week, we have a little bit more than previously. We have seven items, Michael. Nice. The first one, and actually, I'll say like the first couple are kind of tied-ish together. So, they're not the same story, but they're roughly about the same things. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one... And kind of like the more shocking news is that, um, according to Michael McWhorter on Polygon, mm-hmm. is where I grabbed it. Um, I also ended up grabbing, was it uh, Christopher Dring's um, work from GamesIndustry.biz? Because um, both are talking about similar things. But uh, Mr. Dring had something in there that I wanted to add in because it was it was something that I was like, wow, this is just very strange. Yeah. Um, but the news is that PlayStation Worldwide um, Studios president Shuhei Yoshida has stepped down from his position and um, Herman Holst the I think like lead director managing from, director yeah yeah lead director from um, Guerrilla Games is being put as the new head of PlayStation Worldwide basically mm. um, so there's that okay and then I'm going to jump to um, Brendan Sinclair on GamesIndustry.biz who Announced, not announced, but he he had the the story up there, very short. But uh, Gio Corsi has also left PlayStation, and apparently his last week at PlayStation was I think like two weeks ago, basically. So this story broke um, earlier this week, or earlier I guess last week, and then um, I guess he had, Gio Corsi had apparently announced on Twitter. Um, then that his last week had already happened with the company, mm. and he said that he's gonna be he's gonna be having some time off. He's gonna be back in games like soon enough and stuff, um, but isn't announcing like kind what of he's where doing. he's going, what he's doing, what he's doing next. Um, obviously, Gio Corsi, um, very proud of like all the the work he's done. He's been a big part of the um, what is that? Uh, it's like the hashtag, I think, the list or like make the list kind of thing for the the PS4 initiative for like the PS2 games that were being brought over as like okay. um, uh, remastered editions kind of thing, right? Uh, I think it was, yeah, hashtag build the list, I think is what it might have been. But it's like um, people could tweet in with this like um, build the list hashtag for games that they, w- that they wanted to see brought over um, in like a remastered ps2 version for um the ps4 mm. so we got a, a whole bunch of stuff from that like entire setup i guess that they had um but geo Corsi leaving sucks a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> he's a big proponent for the vita oh no <laughs> he was oh no uh, i mean in terms of like uh, you would always see him at um conferences and stuff either with a i think he had like a playstation vita like hockey he came to like a conference one time with like a hockey jersey that said uh, corsi on the back oh really and and uh what was it he had like a hockey jersey he had like a playstation vita like in his hand or something and did some like crazy like vita rocks kind of stuff you know <laughs> he would announce like vita like new releases and things in, right in conferences when they still did that kind of stuff and then sorry nathan the vita, yeah, vita's i mean that is what it is it's that that's kind of just how i remember like uh geo corsi right 
Um, and then just the fact that that Shuhei is now being like is stepping, stepping down. down yeah. um, he is going to be moving over to. Um, so according to the the press release that I guess was sent out by um, Sony and whatnot, he's going to be moving over to um, a new, I guess like initiative kind of thing that they're doing. Um, here, I'll just read this quote here. So he. Yeah, his new role will concentrate on our diverse community of independent developers, ensuring that they have the tools, technology, and services to reach PlayStation's large community of gamers successfully, um, is what Sony said. Um, and they also said, or actually this was, um, what's it called? Uh, Jim Ryan. He said, everybody knows just how passionate Shu is about independent games. They are they are lifeblood. Okay, maybe he said they are the, the lifeblood. They are lifeblood of the industry, making our content portfolio so special for our gamers. These wildly creative experiences deserve focus in a champion like Shu at PlayStation who will ensure the entire SIE organization works together to better engage with independent developers through a culture of supporting and celebrating their contributions to PlayStation platforms. So I'm glad that, that Shu is being is gonna be heading this kind of like indie yeah. side of the business and Which stuff. Cool. And he's always important. Yeah, yeah. I think like the yeah, I was always worried that like PlayStation was starting to step away from indie kind of stuff mm-hmm. um there was some other quote that um uh, jim ryan had about the whole like indie thing i think they had asked someone in an interview had asked him about um if they were moving if playstation was kind of shifting away from indies and he gave something along the lines of that like he he gets this question a lot and that um he doesn't feel that playstation's ever moved away from indie games and stuff but i think the the, the fact that people are asking so much i think is like a easy telling sign yeah it's like a it's a easy marker to show that obviously people don't agree with what what the executives are kind of thinking and stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> or they're not on the they're yeah not in agreement in terms of like they think that as well right know? right um and i think obviously like they have to say these things of course yeah they, they can't just be like yeah it's, it's true. true we haven't been as as in the weeds with the indies we have in the past you know um, because then it looks bad on on Sony in general. It does. <laughs> um, but what are your what are your kind of thoughts on all these things going on, Michael? I, I, they're definitely that was weird. Definitely, <laughs> like a Scottish accent. Yeah. They're definitely in uh, reconstruction mode. Mm-hmm. And I I always I, I always compare things to sports, at least video games. <laughs> I compare it to they're they're just re re. Um, drafting new players to the team and stuff they're redrafting but they're in rebuild mode and they had they have their 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 team that they had previously that have now moved on since uh Mm -hmm. um geo and um sean layden and all that yeah yeah. who's the other guy drake um oh john drake john drake and all that Mm -hmm. but uh um i don't i don't i don't see it as a like a bad thing yeah because they're they're they they want to do like a more global one i i I understand that and stuff they're getting people in there in the spots now it's not like they're leaving their the spots open and like they're struggling to find who to replace people oh yeah yeah the only thing that that's interesting to me is that it's the timing of everything yeah i under i I get that they want to bring new people and like try to build for this new um, launch of a new console generation ps5 and stuff Yeah, yeah but it's it's just it's just strange that they're doing it now. Mm-hmm. Maybe it could be a thing where they like just like oh man we we missed the bill on doing this earlier and then we have to do it now and like I don't want to say they're like rushing things, 
but it it, it, it doesn't look I don't want to say it looks bad, but it it's just weird timing. I understand yeah. why they're doing it. It's just odd timing to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's that's kind of the biggest thing is that the the idea of like this restructuring happening like right before the like probable announcement of the PS5 and mm-hmm. stuff is just super strange, very strange. And, and weird. Um, when when I talked with John Drake um, at PAX, um, he, and we were just kind of just just talking randomly about um, like his him going over to Disney and stuff like that, um, he was saying that things that he would be putting in motion over at Disney's like video game side wouldn't be seen until like another like five years or so or down the line. Mm-hmm. So then I'm like, okay, well then all these all these people that are changing out now probably aren't going to have as huge of an influence on the PS5 launch and right. stuff. I would say. Um, but then I'm just like, oh, well, that's that's that just seems like it's not a great time to kind of change things over. I would think like changing in the middle of a console life cycle would be a better time to do. Things. Yeah, you'd think. But yeah, if, if there's weird like power struggle things going on within Sony, then obviously I think they just probably can't avoid these kind of things. No, happening. probably not. But I'm just like, Ugh, these are these are strange, strange, decisions going strange. On. Strange time, and I'm sure these guys will do good. Like, yeah, Herman yeah, like, Hust yeah, like Herman Holst. Holst and stuff. Um, it's if he was, yeah, if, if he was the lead for Guerrilla Games and stuff, I'm sure he'll probably do a great job at the next um, Worldwide Studios and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the funny now that we're talking about Herman, um, the funny like quote that I was just I remembered hearing and found from um, the GamesIndustry.biz article was um, Jim Ryan said. So talking about um, Herman Holst's um, appointment and stuff, he he said Herm or yeah, he, he was talking about to to prove that like Sony is going in or is thinking very globally as it moves to the next generation. He said Herman is a European who will be taking one of the major offices at PlayStation. I think everybody in Europe should be thrilled and happy and proud that this has happened. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Like, All right, maybe. <laughs> it's like why would you, why would you use that as your. You know, as your as your selling point for like people to be like, oh yeah, like Herman's gonna do a great job. He's he's European. You know? He's gonna do great <laughs> for people in Europe. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, oh, this is such a weird kind of quote. Jim Ryan's had a bunch of weird quotes. Yeah, that I, just, I don't know. It, like, I think like some people I think have the gift for interviews and like articulating what they're trying to get across and stuff. I'm not quite sure if Jim Ryan's in that category (laughs) category just because like he had the, he had the, the quotes a long while back when PlayStation didn't want to play ball in terms of like cross play and stuff. He was the one who, who was always like quoted as like the person who said that um, PlayStation didn't want to introduce cross play to their, their games, even though other console people were doing it and stuff. Right. Because um, he was thinking about the kids it's uh, protecting the kids is like roughly yeah, what the, the, not, the thing that is there. Real sense there. Yeah, I'm, just All right. like, I'm like, yeah, that's so strange. And then now he's like, oh yeah, Herman's Herman's going to be taking the, the one of the major offices, and think everybody in Europe should be thrilled. <laughs> I'm like global. Why? Why? <laughs> why is this the selling point here? <laughs> but yeah, the it it does seem like a, a good idea to have a like previous um, like develop developer lead as part of like this like large thing because they have I think more insight in terms of like how games are made and stuff. Yeah. And like the the difficulties with games being made. Like he doesn't he doesn't feel like a corporate suit, you know, like when you kind of just look at at his like job history and yes. stuff. 
Um, and I don't think Shuhei ever felt like a suit either because he was always so like you know approachable, like, approachable, and, and talking with the people and stuff. Or at least like he was he was he was there in the public face in terms of like conferences and things like that. Right. Um, if, if you watch the um, what's it called the God of War documentary. Um, Corey Barlog did say that um, oh, he, that shoe was super scary because <laughs> he came. Didn't he come in and it wasn't great? It was like, like yeah, their yeah, gameplay he, or whatever was real bad or something. And yeah, Shu was, just like mm-hmm. it's like no, not silent, but he had that like facial expression kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, I think I think it was it was yeah. He was basically saying that like that Shu apparently just didn't like like anything about the <laughs> the God of War game originally yeah when he like first went in to go check on like what was happening and how things were going and stuff where he just he just apparently just thought it was all bad yep and they and then they changed gears and made a crazy awesome game but yeah but i mean and i could i could see i could see shuhei being like a, oh yeah a scary individual a when you're when he's your boss and stuff you know <laughs> but it seems so cool and fun too you know so no that's funny i think it's it's great that he's gonna be heading like the the indie, indie. initiative kind of thing I'm just curious of like how much emphasis will still get for like the indie initiative. Just kind of seeing like how PlayStation how PlayStation's been running in the past like well, like year or two, you know, right? Where things have like slowly moved towards like less and less like announcement things within conferences and whatnot, and more so kind of focus on like the really like huge tentpole title tentpole titles like uh the last of us part two and spider-man and spider-man and what's the uh, uh, oh, ghost, ghost of tsushima ghost of Shish- yeah yeah so a lot of these like big games where it's like yeah i'm already excited about those games show me like games that i didn't know i should be excited for and then i can find more out more about those but they're just like nope these are the only games that exist you know yeah these are the only ones coming to the playstation don't worry about anything else <laughs> it's a good thing mostly my indie console is the switch <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> but yeah so that's that kind of those are interesting kind of things going on we'll have to see how this eventually possibly affects like playstation and stuff but if it's similar to how john drake kind of talked about it it may just not in just um not in terms of this specifically but talking with him about development and like changing management and things like that it sounds like it'll probably be like a few to like several years before we see like the changes Mm -hmm. which is also like a bit scary because i'm like do i want to do i know if i like as a customer do i really know if i want to invest in like this new like ecosystem and stuff like new in quotes right um if i don't know what kind of decisions are going to be made by like the new management and stuff you know that's true but you don't you don't want to be like super not optimistic like you don't want to be like i mean i don't i don't (laughs) want to ever be super optimistic about companies when i'm giving them like 400 or 500 dollars it's true it's just like the it's like i don't think that i don't think that i owe them any kind of like optimism in terms of like like you know like like being a being like a a fanboy attitude kind of thing where it's like oh like i'm gonna i'm gonna buy a playstation 5 no matter what you know like sony (laughs) can do no wrong like like i wanna i wanna be a a conscious like consumer just like if if xbox was doing bad stuff then i'm just like well i'm not gonna buy the next xbox if that was the case you know just play by ear yeah yeah but that's why it's like now now my ability to to play it by ear has been kind of like hindered a little bit if i don't know what's going to happen like a few years from now then i'm just like well i already have this console i'm already like in this system and whatnot what do i do you know it's true yeah so i'm just like I don't, wait I don't and know. see yeah <laughs> we we'll have to i have to wait and see 
how they kind of describe the next console and stuff mm-hmm. and what it seems like they're going to be going towards. Obviously, I can't just like look to the future and be like, I'll, I'll, I don't know what the future plans are, so I'm never going to get another console kind of thing. Right, right. But in terms of like what they're kind of going with out the gate for the next like console um, announcement and stuff, then I'll have to kind of gauge based off of that mm-hmm. and then just hope for the best eventually if I'm already in it. Yeah. Know, yeah just do the same thing with like, if if it's been like that way forever, like new management comes in or management and the mm-hmm. things take effect, you just do the same thing with like PlayStation. PS3 the, wasn't a great console generation, but there was good games. Yeah, yeah. I don't regret mm-hmm. getting PlayStation 3 at all. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed a bunch of the games they had on it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I don't think I've ever regretted getting a console, a console that I own or anything yeah. like that. <clears throat> I think it's just the the constantly like like moving forward into like new console generations and stuff the the idea of dropping a bunch of money and not knowing what to like i'm thinking i'm kind of thinking in two places where it's like i'm imagining that i'm dropping this money but i don't know anything about the system as of this point in time Mm -hmm. kind of thing so it's it's kind of i think because of those two like dualities it's it's not the easiest to like be like okay like i'll feel good about this purchase because I, I know nothing about it right now. <laughs> That's fair. That's so fair. maybe maybe once we do hear things about it, I'll be like, okay, like, all right, you you get my money. Here <laughs> it goes. I, I think I'm. I honestly think I might just wait on like even any of the new consoles that come out. Yeah. yeah. I won't get a day one for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'll wait. What's, a what's the last time. console that you adopted like right when it came out and stuff? I honestly don't think I've gotten a console when it comes out, when it came out day one. Oh, no, okay, wait. Okay. I know we went searching for the Wii. Oh, okay. But we didn't get a day yeah. one because it was all sold out. Yeah, yeah, not yeah, not like day one, but like yeah. within like I don't know the first month of it being released or something. I would so say the Wii because because we got that like a couple months after because Amanda just happened to find it at a mall somewhere. Oh, okay, okay. But you got it, yeah. yeah. All the other ones I've been, it's been a little bit after oh, okay, it came okay. out. Yeah, yeah, because I think the I'm trying to think, I I believe it's probably only been like the PS4 was like the first one that I bought like right around release and stuff mm-hmm. not not release day because it was sold out like everywhere yeah but then i managed to find one before i came home for the holidays that year and so then so then i had it like in the very beginning i was like oh this is awesome playing these <laughs> new crazy things playing contrast is crazy <laughs> but um but yeah i'm just like now that i'm kind of i think like in in the thick of that and stuff yeah i feel more just mm-hmm. like oh yeah like i'd be fine with getting a console a console not all the consoles but a console around the time that it launches kind of thing right so yeah it's gonna gonna have to wait and see what's going on over in the land of playstation good old time good old times but you know what else is a good old time michael oh what's that um the news from actually uh smash brothers around smash brothers there's some there's some fun Fun good old good times old happening. Sakurai. Oh man, Sakurai. Um, there's some good old stuff happening over in the land of um, Super Smash Brothers, and so we already got the oh, shoot. I forget, I forget the name of the newest fighter that was announced. I know he's from Fatal Fury. Yeah, I forget. I don't remember his name. I don't have the DLC characters, so I forget. Yeah, um, he's blonde. Um, Terry. Is I think it might be Terry. I think it is Terry. Okay, Terry something. Um, but. Terry Bogard. Um, there we go, Terry Bogard. Um, so, so we have the newest character, and I think he's already out now, I believe. Um, but um, there was kind of talk on the internet apparently because the what's it called so the series that he's appeared in and stuff 
have a bunch of other characters associated with it, obviously, because it's other fighting games. Yep, Fatal Fury, and what was the other one? King of Fighters. Yeah, yeah, King of Fighters. And I think that's where this one um, comes from specifically. So there's a character in King of Fighters <laughs> named um, Mai Shiranui. Yes. And she was, like, flat out, uh, like, uh, Sakurai uh, basically just kind of flat out said that they're not going to, she's not going to be appearing in Super Smash. Yep. Um. And the reasoning, kind of um, similar to to good old Jim Ryan and stuff, was that um, what's it called the he said because the game is for good boys and girls of many different ages. Yeah, so. <laughs> and I was like, what does this even mean? <laughs> um, but if you take a look at at what um, Mai looks like, very risque. Yeah, yeah, she's she's in a very risque outfit. She's like, I mean, she she strikes me as like a like the standard fighting game ninja character yep. that you see nowadays in a lot of things like that are alive and stuff like that um but i thought this was a this is a hilarious story just because of so i got this story from uh julia lee on uh, polygon and there's a huge amount of like hilarious memes that are oh, showing imagine. up <laughs> because of because of all this stuff there's there's one i saw i don't know if it's the ones you have mm-hmm. there's a meme of i don't know what it said but it showed four pictures of like oh there's it's, this is too risque. What about these guys? And it showed Bayonetta. Mm-hmm. Um, it showed uh, Samus in her normal clothes. Oh, yeah, yeah. It showed another character. Like Zero Suit Samus. Yeah, Zero Suit Samus. showed another character. And then it showed Donkey Kong with, like, his <laughs> massive butt. <laughs> like, that's hilarious. Oh, I didn't see that one. <laughs> yeah, but they, they, had a, they had a lot of, like, great ones where it's, like, um, some people took, like, animations of, like, the actual character within... Um, like within their games and stuff and made like a gift for it mm-hmm. so like um one of them was the the this guy um alpha rad on twitter put the this this gift is not for good boys and girls and it's just the character and she's kind of just like swaying back and forth that's funny um but yeah and then there is oh i think this one's the best um the bobby wasabi sn on twitter um put bless sakurai for keeping us safe and there's a there's a image of like this girl who looks like she's crying <laughs> In, and not girl it's like a grown lady yeah grown lady who looks like she's crying like like cry screaming and um underneath her it says good boys and girls and on the side there's like some random person who's pressing her her bosom against the car windshield and the the bosom says my my shiranui on it. <laughs> like, this that's is, funny this is hilarious and <laughs> it's so great um but yeah i thought this was kind of a, a weird thing because of yeah like the characters that are already in there yeah especially bayonetta i feel like that would have that's been the very most risque, risque yeah her her outfit bayonetta's outfit is made of her hair yeah and when she attacks people the it outfit disappears i'm just like how is that not for i the saw same kind of thing i saw here? some of the video of it and when he said it he kind of like chuckled a little bit oh gosh yeah. <laughs> so he's he's semi in on the joke yeah yeah <laughs> But yeah, I thought this was a this is a funny, funny thing though. Now, um, I think there was one other thing in here that I also thought was funny. Um, towards the end of the article, um, they mentioned that uh, so Team Ninja, the studio behind Dead or Alive, yep. Dead or Alive series, um, they apparently joined Twitter to to poke fun and stuff, and they said that um, it's like in on their Twitter and stuff, and it was I think it was yeah it was a Japanese Twitter. Um, they said that um, you can play as Mai in Dead or Alive 6, though. And they said that um, the company welcomed the players to the world of adults. And they dropped a, <laughs> a link for the for the Mai's DLC. That's great. That's great. I like that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so there's a lot, of, a lot of fun, zany kind of things happening over here. Would you, would you ever, like, 
take a character out for for reasons like this michael if you were no if you were choosing what could go in and out of these games no because it, it all comes down to not even the parents but if you don't want your kids to play it yeah don't want to play it yeah i that's it's weird that like that um like they can have bayonetta in the game because i i would i i want to assume that the reason that they don't put her in there is because of i don't know maybe it's just like the the because what is the game rated is it rated t i don't even know it might be t okay because i'm i i just wonder if like there's a certain like threshold that you can have within like whatever you see within this game and stuff and then if it goes over that it pushes it it like changes the rating of the game yeah and that's the reason why they have to stay away kind of thing it could be like maybe they're allowed one or two risque characters in there and then they can't have anybody else and it could be like since bayonetta's clothes most clothed most of the time with her hair or mm-hmm. her suit you don't see like yeah, skin yeah. and with my you would see skin like yeah, in a standing yeah position maybe yeah or they would have had to change the character too much yeah and then just like vocal minority Backlash, people would yeah. would be very upset and stuff i traded e to e plus for everyone oh okay so it's like the 10 and older kind of mm-hmm. thing okay well then then i don't understand i don't understand guys <laughs> who knows <laughs> that's the thing too is like if you if you put her in there like some people are going to be upset about it but then you just double down and be like it's my game i make it how i want you know <laughs> i like boobies <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> then you don't got you don't got to apologize to anybody. You don't got to change things. You just put it in like how you wanted to put it in. You know? It's true. But yeah, I thought these were some some good memes though. It was very good. So take a, take a look if you if you guys have time to to go and see these things happening because it's it's hilarious. <laughs> um, then we have a little another kind of smaller story um, concerning Shenmue. Now Shenmue is coming out. I think actually in like a week or two. Yeah, I think it's coming out Shenmue? like in like two weeks or so. Yeah, um, November 19th. Yeah, there we go. So Shenmue 3 coming out pretty soon. But um, according to Liz Lanier over, or Lanier, over on IGN, um, the director says that Shenmue 3 won't be the end of the series, which is, which is very, very strange. Very strange. So um, the director, Yu Suzuki, um, said that the the game won't be the end of the series in a interview, I guess, with the people on the PlayStation blog. Um, and he said that he, he wants to continue uh, Ryo's story in more games as he feels it would be too rushed to finish the journey in the upcoming third installment. Which okay. I'm confused about because I thought that the point of making this game was to tie, tie up <laughs> the end of the series. Uh, apparently not. Maybe making the game is like, man, I want to make more of this. Yeah, the I I don't see it in this story itself. Um, there was people talking about it that apparently in some other interview that he's had, um, he mentioned that he envisioned the like because the, the Shenmue is supposed to be a kind of like a Hong or not Hong, uh, sorry Kung Fu. That's what I was trying to say. Kung Fu kind of like epic story, right? And he mentioned in some interview somewhere apparently that he envisions the game being at least like nine games long oh buddy which is crazy <laughs> like, wow like you don't go you don't go into a video game expecting nine. series expecting nine installments all right no no not at all <laughs> because like you 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 try and see what the you know like what the rate of like return is on like how much people like the game and stuff yeah and then you gauge based off of that i would assume i think That's it's a it's a i think it's a bit overzealous could to be, yeah. assume that you that 
that you could just like tell a story that would go on for nine games to to be fair and and, and the the series i'm comparing it to isn't as long mm, yet, yeah but they're still making games yeah yeah is the yakuza series because mm-hmm. the yakuza creator basically was inspired by shenmue yeah yeah so if 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 they're seeing if if yakuza for some reason got a huge jump in mm. popularity and they're continuing making games maybe he thinks yeah when this game comes out people are like oh shenmue i love shenmue let's make more of these yeah (laughs) (laughs) but then it's like the like comparing that mindset with like the the reality of when shenmue 2 came out yeah which was like 18 years ago that's true it's like how can you even assume that you could still just continue to make shenmue games and and that's because that's that's the thing i'm like i'm like having a uh a like difficult time with is that like when when someone's like oh i want i want to make this i want to make x game this many games long Mm -hmm. right then it's like okay you have it planned out in your head for like the different games and like where you need to be at the end of each one yes right but if you're doing that then you're essentially like limiting like exactly which game is going to be which thing which is fine from like a story perspective but from like a you know, like business perspective. If your game doesn't sell well enough, then it's like you've told this like chunk of a story that like no one's ever gonna no see gonna, the yeah. end of. You know, it's like if you if you only get like how this was happened. If you only get to make two of them, and like you wanted it to be like nine things long, which maybe that's a more recent thing, but might have been in the past as well. Um, if you only make two of them and then 18 years goes by and now you're making the third one. Yeah. And I'm like, this is a problem. You need to finish this series. <laughs> you know, I feel like you don't, you don't necessarily need that long. Like maybe he does for like yeah. what, what he's planning for and stuff. But I'm like, I can't imagine like, I can't imagine what you would need in the story. Like absolutely need to like tell the exact tale that you're trying to tell that would bring it to like that length that long, in terms yeah. of like a series itself. It's like it's like going into I don't know, like Game of Thrones and being like, I envision this as being ten seasons <laughs> long, no more, no less kind of right. Thing. I I wanna chalk it up to I I don't know what the interview was or the whatever mm-hmm. he was saying. I wanna chalk it up to like saying like like how sh- um who was it? Uh um uh God, what's his name? Metal Gear Oh, created. Kojima? Kojima, where he said mm. uh, that his company is going to make movies one day. Yeah. Or he yeah. wants to one day. And I think mm. I think it's it could just be them just throwing out their ideas what they want it to be. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. this would be cool if it has nine stories because I envisioned this long thing and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, I, unless, and he probably wasn't thinking of the business side of them selling very well, <laughs> maybe. Well, I'm just like, oh, if, that's, if, that's, if he's not thinking about the business side, that's kind of scary as well. It could just be him just throwing things out. I'm like, oh, this is what, this would be cool if it's yeah. nine stories in my head. Yeah, like this is what I want it to be. Kind yeah, of thing. like uh, projecting to make your dreams a reality, kind of. Thing. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, but I'm just like, ooh, I'm, I'm scared <laughs> yeah. when, it, when, because now it's like I'm, like obviously, like for for large series, I want to, like, play as much of the series as I can. Yes. So for the the Yakuza series, I have, I have the 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 prologue uh, number zero, mm-hmm. and I have one two. I have four and five on the PS3 and six on the PS4, and I'm probably gonna end up picking up the the trilogy like once they're all available. And yes, stuff. but um, but I want to eventually play through all those, and it's gonna take a huge amount of time. 
you know it's gonna take some time yeah and if i'm if i'm wanting to do a similar kind of thing for something like shenmue like if it took like what 18 years for for number three to eventually come out i'm like do i have to wait another like i don't know decade or something before i get number four it'll give you time <laughs> to play other games for sure oh my gosh <laughs> that sounds crazy oh gosh but and then um i was listening to uh cat bailey talk about um her impressions of shenmue 3 from what she's played so far and it doesn't sound great it's unfortunate <laughs> that's the other thing i'm just like oh no um she was saying that because uh, she's from u.s gamer she was saying that Apparently, um, the director had told the voice actors. I don't know if she said that this actually happened or if it was like it was as if this had happened. Um, but I think she said that he told the voice actors to make the characters sound because he got the I think he got the same voice actors or similar sounding voice actors. But he said he told them specifically to make it sound like like how that sounded in Shenmue One and Two. Oh, which back then voice acting wasn't great. Wasn't great. And so apparently, according to to Cat Bailey, like it does sound like the previous games, which is not a great thing. Oh man! <laughs> well, we'll, like, we'll find out when it comes out because oh, I I've never played any Shenmue games, so yeah, yeah, I don't know if I'll play this one. <laughs> Shenmue one and two available on Game Pass. Oh. oh, I might eventually try those out. There you go. Just to just to see how how they are because people really enjoyed them. They do. They were they were on the Dreamcast when I had it. Yeah, and yeah. I just never. It's mm-hmm. too busy playing those good old Sonic games. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't get out of Sonic Land I over here to, I could not. to pick up a Shenmue. I could play Str- uh, Streets of Rage, or Street, not Streets of Rage, uh, 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 King of Fighters, because oh, I was on the yeah. Dreamcast too. So yeah. I, re- I remember Terry. Oh, you do? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, so you did play Street King of Fighters. I, I played King of Fighters, but I never played as Terry. Oh, I remember being gotcha, as the characters, right. and I picked other people. Gotcha, gotcha. Right. Yeah, so I thought that was a interesting kind of like a little tidbit about Shenmue 3 coming out soon. That is pretty interesting. Yeah, it is. It is, <laughs> it is something. the word. <laughs> it's pretty something. <laughs> now, one of the more important news is though, Michael, and I'm not sure if you've heard this or not, but on, I think uh, I think it was a a day ago. No, on Friday. Yes, on November 8th, Michael, 4:33 a.m. On the Ubisoft Spain Twitter, they released a single tweet in Spanish, obviously. Yeah. I can't read Spanish, but I used good old Google Translate and it worked just fine. So the tweet in Spanish, I'm going to, I'm going to try and garble through the Spanish. You got <laughs> just it, Just because no for, pressure. for dramatic effect, you know, <laughs> said, Hace falta entender la oscuridad para poder hacerle frente hashtag sam fisher oh, and a picture of cell. a picture of sam fisher with his patented a patented i don't know his trademark is that the thing his what, yeah, is, what is the word for like it's your like signature signature, signature there you go, there you go. um was it three green light goggles the night vision goggles yes in there and he also has um a very like rugged looking beard Oh, which I'm excited about because we get older Sam Fisher now. But Michael, this release has not been taken down as of yet. Is Splinter Cell coming, Michael? Oh, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I is always... it coming soon? Is the announcement coming soon, Michael? 
I still want to say I want to say no. <laughs> I don't think it's coming now. Okay, soon definition of soon mm-hmm. next year for sure. I I can't see it coming out at the end of the year. I could be wrong, mm. but I am. oh yeah, yeah, I don't know if we're getting it at the end of this year. Um, so so just for people who don't speak Spanish, because I almost forgot that part. Um, the translation for all that says um, you need to understand the darkness in order to face it. Okay, and then Sam Fisher. Spinner stuff for sure. Oh man. So it's excited, cool. Keep getting the hype there. What so if, what, excited. What if, what, if they, what if this tweet comes out and then they get the release date? Sam Fisher coming in 2023. How uh, upset that would, would be, you be? That would be crazy. <laughs> I don't even, I wouldn't even understand what was happening at Ubisoft at that point. That's cool. But kind of like, to be fair, I understand why they released, and it's not really video game related, but they released the release date for Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse 2. Oh, did they? Yeah, it's coming out in 2022. But that's a movie. Though. I know. Yeah. They just said why. I understand why they did it, and oh, okay, it's okay. the hype. But I'm like, that's still yeah. so many years out. I I get what you're doing, it, but yeah, like that's. <laughs> I think that's the that's the nice difference between like the gaming industry and the um, film movie. industry. Yeah. yeah, the film industry is that film industry. I don't know if it's if it's been a thing for a while, but it seems like more more recently and stuff, especially with like Marvel and whatnot. Yeah, they've been projecting out like years at this point of like oh like black panther coming in like 2022 or something so yeah all, all these different crazy things where they can just like they can do that and they can just be like oh this game's come or this i'm sorry this movie's coming out three years from now be ready <laughs> yeah you know or it's, or it's more it's more so just like a, oh just so you know it's coming out don't don't ask us about it <laughs> <laughs> true but for video games they hardly ever announce Announce things where so announce things with the intent of like it's coming out three years from now. Yes, they they do announce things and then things get delayed for like eight or nine or ten years. But they Uh, they don't ever just like oh like like if this was the case for for Splinter Cell, the new Splinter Cell game is called this. It's coming out in 2023. Kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> be ready. Be ready. <laughs> be like, years. Oh, that's awful. That'd be an awful marketing plan. It doesn't work. But um, I think just the the fact that the tweet hasn't been taken down. Like if it was because I, I what was it earlier in the year, one of the devs at Ubisoft um, tweeted out that he was working on the next Splinter Cell game, mm. which I got super excited about. But then apparently, people like freaked out, and he was like, "Oh, guys, I was just kidding. It's not true." And I'm like, "That's wow. not something you joke about. That's, that's Are you serious?" And so yeah, so people people will be upset with that kind of like, oh, yeah. reaction and stuff. But um, since it hasn't been deleted, because he I think he eventually deleted that tweet and then sent out another tweet apology kind of thing. And I'm like, "Well, that's just that's stupid. Why, yeah, would, you why do would you do that? Yeah, yeah you just you just trying to freak people out now." Um, but what's it called um this since it hasn't been deleted and like like obviously no other like ubisoft or um the developers and stuff haven't commented on it and stuff but it hasn't either it hasn't been taken down either i'm just like oh well this is like the first kind of like a little tease thing to like tell people like hey stop asking it is coming kind of thing could be like the whole thing with uh was it rocksteady Mm -hmm. the the batman yeah they tease that and Oh man, what's gonna happen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they teased it like right before. What was it right before? Was the I think it was the PlayStation. No. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Was it, it the... was right before the State of Play. State of Play. Yeah, and then and then just nothing. nothing. Yeah. Yeah. 
that was that was another super weird thing. Sometimes I feel like I don't know if if marketing people understand what's going on. Probably not. <laughs> but um, but the and I'm not saying that these ones also understand right now yeah. because we have no understanding of what's happening yet. But um, the idea that it could be coming, like news about it could be coming soon, um, possibly. Um, what's it called? The Game Awards. Oh yeah. And I'm like, that. Uh, I'd, I'd take it. I would. Doubt, I yeah. would take a trailer for Splinter Cell at the Game Awards. I forgot about the Game Awards. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because that's the last like big thing of the year mm-hmm. that we'll get something at. There's no PlayStation experience, as far as I'm aware, no, that's, that's so. coming up or probably will be announced. So, yeah. So that's, that's our last chance for any kind of news at the end of this year. We'll see. Oh, man. We will see. Uh, that'd, that'd, be, that'd be fun. That would be, that would be good. I've it's, never played a Splinter Cell game, but yeah, I've heard the, they're good from you. <laughs> the first Splinter Cell came out in 2002, Michael. Oof. It's been 17 years, but they've had a bunch of games in between. That's that. true. So... It's been what? Because there was the first three. There was like a conviction. There was double agent. I think there's been like f- six or seven Splinter Cell games. And I think I've played all of them. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's I think impressive. originally I couldn't play all of them because the third one, um, Chaos Theory, was the first time there was it was rated M, mm. and that was before I was I was 17, and I was like, man, <laughs> I want to play this game, but. I can't <laughs> because <laughs> <Good> rules. <laughs> but yeah, so the so I ended up playing that eventually. Actually, I think for the first time on the PS3 and stuff when I got the the trilogy. But the first Splinter Cell, first platinum I ever got. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Now you're ever your very last platinum means to be a Splinter Cell game. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> that would that would mean I'm not playing video games anymore. It would be <laughs> or just not getting platinums anymore. Or just get maybe either one. They're they're. Doing away with trophies, oh, and then your last trophy could be that, or very, very super dark. Mm. Years, years in the future, oh, the world's gonna end. <laughs> the world's gonna end, or you find out you're a terminal and you only have like a week to live. Oh, that'd be crazy. Last trophy would be. Yeah, I could, I, could, I, could, I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> you were my first platinum. Awesome. You'll be my last. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, but yeah, so that's that's the that's the new stuff I got. That those a few of them in there, just kind of little little tidbits, mm-hmm. but. Some some interesting things to hopefully look forward to um, during the Game Awards. I'm hoping. Now, if if we get Batman and Splinter Cell at the Game cool. Awards, that'd be nuts. Jeff Keighley, man. Jeff Keighley would be blowing the roof <laughs> off if that was going on. <laughs> but now we got uh, a couple stories from you, Michael. Yeah, they're small, two kind of small ones, mm-hmm. so nothing to like dive into. But my first one's from Polygon from uh, Julia Lee. Mm-hmm. The Outer World is coming to Nintendo Switch in early 2020. Yeah. Now, according to an investor call, apparently. I love um, investor calls uh, lately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so the Outer Worlds publisher, Private Division, a subsidiary of Take-Two Interactive, announced the game will be released on the Nintendo Switch during its 2020 fiscal year, which means that the game will drop before March 31st, 2020, yeah. which, the, which the fiscal year ends. And they just go on to it. Um, I think this is really cool. Oh, yeah. I yeah. think because I'll eventually play it on the Xbox One. Yeah. I was like, you've got, it, you've got it. I know, I do. I got it. I'll have it. I'll now, have to download it. The only scary thing is, what if what if you put it off so long that now it goes away? <laughs> I, it happened with Bayonetta and stuff. I wouldn't <laughs> doubt if this happens. But it's a re- relatively new game. I feel like. Yeah, yeah. But that, that's, that's why away. I'm like, I'm thinking like, if it's relatively new, I don't know how long they'll keep it on there for. That's true. Because then it's just like, oh, like, well, you know, when when other places start to get price drops, I would think if, any, if they're going to take it off at all, it might be around that time when they're True. like okay like i don't know the probably not during this black friday but maybe christmas time or something if they're like the the game is getting a bunch of price drops at like retailers and stuff 
we will say that it's going off of Game Pass mm. because then whenever something goes off, you get that um, what like uh, ten or twenty percent discount, discount yeah. if you buy it right then. Mm-hmm. So maybe they'll do it then when things are looking like oh people aren't getting it quite as much and stuff. We'll just kind of slowly that's true slide it out. Maybe, but if, if that's the case, then then I'll have an option because I think. Would you play it more on the Switch, you think, as opposed to the Xbox One? The more I think about it, I, I think I will because I, I, oh, okay, I, yeah. I, I, I like being able to take the Switch yeah, on the yeah. go. That, that's the, that's the, I've noticed that's the biggest thing for me. Mm-hmm. Like, when, I'll be, when I play my PlayStation, I like my PlayStation. I'll play games. Yeah. But if I'm like on my couch or I'm like, um, or going to work or whatever or whatever, and I'm like, oh man, I have to plug in my PlayStation because Amanda plugged that and I got to do that. And then I have to sit back down, turn on my controller. Or I can just, like, poke at my Switch. Okay, I'm good to go. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's the laziness, obviously. <laughs> but but I, I do like having that on-to-go thing. Mm-hmm. So I think I might actually get this on the Switch if so happens they get it off the Game Pass by that time. Yeah, yeah. But I thought I thought it was a really cool thing that they're, the Switch is still getting, like, bigger games. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and like the, the Outer Worlds has been said that it was coming to the Switch. I think we just didn't know when. Mm-hmm. And it, we... Did they say when? They just said early 2020. I said uh, it says since it said that during the end of the during the 2020 fiscal year, which ends uh, before March 31st. Oh, okay. So, okay. Bef- so any time before, before that. that, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So the first three months of 2020. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, cool. they they'd always said it was coming to the Switch, but at a later date. Kind mm-hmm. of thing. And this like, could yeah. be delayed too if they don't. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. But yeah, I thought that was a really cool thing. Yeah, yeah. Now. I'm getting anxiety, getting ready to talk about this. <laughs> There's this article that came out, I'm sure other places, on Polygon from Owen S. Good, our boy. Uh-huh. Um, apparently there's a game called Airplane Mode mm-hmm. coming soon Join and joins Desert Bus on the boring game's cutting edge. Now, Airplane Mode... Wait, there's a game called Desert Bus? Apparently wow, joins right. Desert Bus on boring games, on boring games' cutting edge. Okay. All right, yeah. I'll just read this article because, oh, man, I'm getting, I, I don't like flying. I'm, I <laughs> don't like this. sweaty palms just okay. trying to get into this. Desert Butt Bus for Hope, the original masochistic gaming charity marathon, lurched out its, its station in virtual Tuscan on Friday. And with it came the announcement of a game styled similarly to Penn & Taylor's absurdist work from 25 years ago, Airplane Mode. Published by AMC, the network... Weird. They did Walking Dead and Breaking Bad. All right. Airplane mode takes the er player on a real-time long-haul flight across the Atlantic. Oh, man. Developed <laughs> by Hoshni Auji, the game's social commentary will launch sometime in 2020, but an alpha build will be shown Tuesday during the week-long live stream of Desert Bus for Hope. Features of airplane mode include chance of inclement weather weather and turbulence and other delays <laughs> yep. possibility of bad slash no wi-fi access overhead reading light and complimentary aircraft information card fairly accurate satellite imagery of your flight path a carry-on bag stocked with a book headphones and a charging cable authentic ambient noise specifically is what is not said and in-flight magazine filled with travel articles crossword and sudoku yep um and apparently you can do all of this on the show yeah on the game and it looks like there's also they don't say on the on the article but there's images of it Mm -hmm. and it shows the guy looking around he's reading a book and all that stuff but he also has 
it looks like you can have a like a TV on it too, because oh, he okay. has a TV and he's playing looks like old like Looney Tunes. Oh, on okay. it maybe. Yeah, which would and be cool. Essentially, the game itself is that you are on a plane and you are on just a flight. Yes. Yeah. There's no other. There's no other crazy game things going on. No, here. you are yeah. literally that we know of. stuck on a flight. You could get turbulence. <laughs> this is a nightmare. In my why why. Now, I maybe, can't comprehend. maybe, Nathan, let's, I am nervous right let's, now. <laughs> let's think about this for a moment. Maybe this is made specifically for people who have a fear of planes to help them, you know, like, what's that, um, the phrase for um, trying to, like, dive headfirst into your fear in order to overcome it? I know it's what like, you mean. Um, I don't know what the like phrase is. Immersion kind of? It's maybe like immersion some, therapy. Some kind of, yeah, like immersion therapy, something like that, where you, yeah, like you, you, um, you force yourself into the situation that you don't want to be in so that you can like learn that everything's safe. Nothing's going to happen. I'm fine. Obviously nothing's going to happen. Yeah. But that's, that's what I mean. It's like, this is, this is a great thing. Maybe Michael, we need to get you to play this and then you'll be no. like, Oh, flights are actually fine. Guys. I want to be calm when I'm sitting on my couch. <laughs> There's this one guy I follow on Twitter. I can't remember. I can't remember who it was, but I remember him posting because mm-hmm. he has a fear of flying too. Oh, okay. And I'm pretty sure it was Steve Garza, Steve Zaragoza. He does like the belly flick and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But he commented on it and he said, you know, it'd be really funny, but scary yeah. if they, if you can unlock something in the game where the plane crashes, <laughs> that would sell very well. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, that's, yeah, yeah. Uh, this oh, should not exist. <laughs> that's, that's my, it's like the same as like all these like uh, bus simulator and, it's true. What was that? Um, Farmer forklift simulator. Later. Yeah. At least you're you're on the ground. Ah, oh. in this image, you're <laughs> flying over the water. That's the worst. That's the. Ah, uh, you're so close to it. Okay. That's oh, that's my yes. spiel on that. Yeah. But this game should not be. That's hilarious. Thing. though. No, it's not hilarious. <laughs> yeah, because I heard about that earlier, and I was like, "Wow, we should get Michael to play this game." God, it's not gonna happen. And then give us your impressions. I I, I will be dead. <laughs> so you're not gonna die. But you know, you know what is funny? Yeah. PlayStation games because they don't have flying simulators. They have well, they do. <laughs> not airplane sitting simulators. They yeah, have okay. other games that you know might be good and might be bad. Bad, I said bad. Yeah, might be yeah. bad. But you know, where would I go to find out where these games are? Well, you would come to us because we have the entire list of upcoming games on the PlayStation Network, as listed by Brett Elston. Brought to you by the Bros and Consoles co-hosts each and every weekend. That's a new one. It is a new one because there's a new person doing it this week. The I'm I, I'm assuming it's probably just a different um, what's called Sony division because mm. the so normally um, Justin Massengill he's part he's the Sony or yeah the Sony Interactive Entertainment of America um, what is it a social media manager. Is like his title kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Brett Elston though has the title of manager, comma social media for SIE w- oh. without the without the A. So okay. I don't know. Maybe he's maybe he's the European. Maybe That's I have no idea. Elston, I don't know. I, don't, I have no idea. I've never even heard of Brett Elston before. I've not either. <laughs> but now he said his name like three times, so he'll he'll probably end up appearing just sometime during the end of this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> like Beetlejuice. You know? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> It's a nightmare. But um, this week, oh shoot, I forgot to write down how many there are, so I don't know. But we're gonna find out it's together. It's a surprise. It's a surprise, guys. Um, the first one, Astroneer, coming out on the fifteenth, uh, Friday release to PS4. 
Astroneer is a space sandbox adventure where players can work together to build custom bases above or below ground, create vehicles to explore a vast solar system, and use terrain to create anything they can imagine. A player's creativity and ingenuity are the key to thriving on exciting planetary adventures. I think this has been out um, it looks on familiar. Game Pass as well. Yeah. yeah, it looks pretty cool. Um, then we have a great one, Bee Simulator. This is another simulator that probably See, doesn't need to fine. exist. You're not <laughs> crashing. Oh, no, this is awful. Bees suck. Uh, Bee Simulator coming to PS4 on Tuesday. See the world. Oh, my gosh. And I can't believe it. There's a digital and a retail release for this. Oh, That's crazy. See the world through the eyes of a bee. Explore a world inspired by Central Park. Inspired by Central Park. All right. Where you can take part in bee races, collect pollen from rare flowers, and defy dangerous wasps. Play with friends or family in three game modes, including co-op and PvP on split screen. Bee races. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I didn't read this previously, and I'm like, wow, this sounds. This doesn't really sound like a simulator. It sounds kind of like a party game. <laughs> <laughs> then we have Contagion VR Outbreak coming to PSVR on Tuesday. Dive deep into the events of the initial zombie outbreak. This is the very first one, Michael. Yep. Explore the world through different perspectives and experience the beginning of the end in our single-player campaign. With limited resources, make your way in. F- make your way out in free roam. Familiarize yourself with each weapon in the firing range and best your scores if you can. I don't know what that means. I don't either. All right. Then, interesting one, we have Doctor Who, The Edge of Time, coming to PS4 on Tuesday. All right. A new mysterious enemy threatens to tear apart the universe, and only you can stop them. Doctor Who, The Edge of Time, lets players embark on an adventure through space and time. I would have never guessed. I didn't mean either. <laughs> um, travel across the universe, visit alien locations, pilot the TARDIS, and solve the mystery of the controlling force behind the reality virus. All right. Got All the right. Weeping Angels there. That's scary. Yeah, I know. I, man, Weeping Angels are a scary concept. Uh, real scary. <laughs> Um, then we have Fractured Minds coming out on Thursday the 14th to PS4. Fractured Minds is an immersive artistic short game exploring anxiety and mental health issues. Embark on a journey through the human psyche to experience the everyday challenges associated with these conditions. Winner of the BAFTA Young Game, sorry, Young Game Designers Award, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So I might, I might check this out. This sounds pretty cool. Um, then we have Golem coming to PSVR on Friday the 15th. Enter a mysterious storybook world and take the role of Twine, an adventurous kid who has been seriously injured in in an accident. Even though you're unable to leave your bed during your recovery, you never stop dreaming of exploring the outside world. That is, until you discover that you have the ability to create and control stone creatures called golems, seeing through their eyes and controlling their actions. Now, I've, I've heard of this before. I could have sworn this was out already. Yeah, the name sounds familiar. Yeah, like mm-hmm. I, I believe I heard someone describing this a long while ago. But I thought that they were describing a game that was already out, and now I'm now I'm doubting that. Now maybe it, now maybe this is actually when it first comes out. Maybe, no yeah. But yeah, PSVR game. Then Michael, another <laughs> PSVR game coming out on oh, Thursday. Kittened with a apostrophe D at the end. Capital D. Oh yeah, that too. Um, take care of cute kittens. Lots and lots of cute kittens. Get points for keeping them happy, and lose points for everything they destroy. <laughs> Use points to upgrade your tools, get an automatic food dispenser, and or clean up poop faster with the Poop Scoop 3000. What awaits inside the next box? Oh, oh my gosh, what is happening? <laughs> I have my own kitten, so I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Then we have um, another VR game. This one's labeled as PS4, but it's it's clearly VR. 
coming out on Wednesday the 13th called Last Labyrinth. Escape a merciless mansion alongside a girl words cannot reach in an escape the room adventure game that only that can only be experienced in VR. Players must work to escape a mansion full of hidden dangers with a mysterious girl that appears before them. Creepy. Yeah. The, an- the animation looks pretty cool, though. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Yeah, it looks like some some pretty like legit anime girl characters. You gotta get it. Try yeah, it out. Try it out, man. <laughs> escape escape rooms are pretty fun yeah. in general, so this might actually be kind of fun. Um, then we have, on the 14th for PS4, Mad Games Tycoon. In Mad Games Tycoon, build your own gaming empire. Start your own game studio in the early 80s. The journey begins in a small garage with little money and limited resources. Create new game concepts. Set up your team and develop the next million hit. Research new technologies. Train employees and buy new and larger office space. Is that just me or does that sentence sound weird? Set up your team and develop the next million hit? Yeah, it, it, does, it does sound weird. Uh, maybe if it was like million dash hit kind of thing. Okay. But even that's, it's a, it's a weird way to describe, I think, like what the goal yeah. is. Um, but also it's kind of a, it's a weird idea that like people in a studio developed a game about people developing a games. Game. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's a little weird. It's, it's very meta going on over here. Then we have Mercenaries Wings, the False Phoenix coming out on the 13th for PS4. Mercenary Wings the False Phoenix is a tactical RPG in which players take control of mercenaries for hire. Hired by a king on a mission to reclaim his kingdom, the group of mercenaries are set or sorry, are sent to fight a rebel army as commanded, risking life in exchange for precious coin. Mm. Now the Mercenary Wings series um, is on the Switch also, and I think I have a few of their games. It's like they they had I think the False Phoenix I think is out on the Switch right now as well, and that's like the latest game in the series. And then the first three games for Mercenary Wings, if I'm thinking of the same thing, um, is also out. But it's, it's out in like a trilogy or something. Oh, a, it looks like a strategic. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a strategy RPG kind of yeah. thing. Or sorry, tactical RPG. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, it's not too bad. Um, then we have Neverwinter Nights Enhanced Edition. I'm kind of excited for this, even though I'm probably not going to be able to get it right away. Um, coming out on Tuesday for PS4. Slink through the shadows as a deadly half-elven rogue. Wield fearsome magics as a powerful gnomish sorcerer. Vanquish your foes as an armor-clad dwarven paladin. Whatever hero you create, incredible adventures await. Oh, is that a rhyme there, kind of? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I have this actually. It's like one of the very few uh, pl- uh, PC games that I own. Oh, really? Yeah, like I still have a disc over on the shelf oh, over here. Oh, jeez. Which is crazy, because I, I brought it back with me from, from Hawaii, and I was like, man, I want to I wanna eventually get this game when it comes to PS4, because installing it on the PC sounds like a hassle. It does. But also, just like I remember playing it a little bit on the PC back in like high school or something, and I was like, this is pretty fun. Mm. I'm not entirely sure what i'm doing in this game but it's pretty <laughs> cool <laughs> it's a it's a cool story like I, I remember the beginning of the story was like you your your town is being attacked by like mysterious forces and stuff mm. and you're kind of like running through and trying to escape but yeah it's like you create your character and this is before i was into like the whole D stuff right because the what's called neverwinter is within like the forgotten realms like it's within like the world of D basically um and you're trying to escape through this area and it seemed like it was a pretty cool thing like you could just choose whatever weapon you wanted like i think you could you could pick up a bunch of like different things which is my jam you know like just <laughs> yeah. picking up pick random up items 
Um, but then you could just use whatever items you wanted. Mm, and that's so, like, cool. I, I think I chose like a, a quarter staff to use to like attack dudes and stuff. And I was like sneaking around trying to get the drop on things, attacking dogs with my staff and whatnot. <laughs> but attacking dogs with your staff. <laughs> attacking dogs with your staff. <laughs> it, was, it was fun though. It was a lot of fun. So I want to eventually get this. And now that I've actually played some of um, Baldur's Gate and stuff and mm. realized like, oh, I still do enjoy this type of game, you know, then I'm like, okay, I could, I could go and play Neverwinter Nights Enhanced Edition eventually. Not bad. Um, then we have Romancing Saga 3 coming to PS4 and Vita. It's not a, it doesn't say cross-buy. Now I'm curious if it's cross-buy. Um, on the 11th, so we're actually getting it on Monday, which is weird. That is weird. Um, the celebrated, sorry, celebrated, <laughs> celebrated, the celebrated RPG classic comes west for the first time. Developed by industry veterans, Romancing Saga 3 was originally released in Japan in 1995. This HD remaster of the legendary RPG masterpiece introduces optimized graphics, a new dungeon to explore, new scenarios, and a new game plus function. I've always wanted to try these games. Yeah, Never yeah. Heard. I've always heard pretty good things, but yeah, it's, it was just, they're such old games that I've never played yeah. them. Yeah. But I think the first two Romancing Sagas are out on the Switch, I right? I think so too, yeah, on the store. Yeah, so... This might be, and I think actually even one or two of them may be on the PS4 also. Um, but yeah, Romancing Saga 3 coming out. Might be a good time to jump in and try it out. Maybe. Then we have Sparklight coming out on the 14th, Thursday, for PS4. Um, Sparklight is an action-adventure set in the whimsical and ever-changing land of Geodia. Battle foes in top-down action using an arsenal of gadgets, guns, and gear. Explore dangerous corners of this of the prestigiously generated world, take down titans of the mining industry, and harness the power of Sparklight. Mm. Yeah. We'll talk more about this oh, later. Tell by the way you were saying it. I know. Then we have Star Wars Jedi Michael, Fallen Order. Oof. Michael's not in the title. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Coming out on the 15th, Michael. Oh, so, a galaxy-spanning adventure awaits in Star Wars Jedi, Fallen Order. A third-person action-adventure title from Respawn Entertainment. An abandoned Padawan must complete his training, develop new powerful force abilities, and master the art of the lightsaber, all while staying one step ahead of the Empire. I've been hearing really good things That's about this. That's good. I mentioned this before. If this is anything, mm-hmm. even slightly, at least in my opinion, to yeah. um, Force Awakens. The Force Awakens. Mm. I'm in 100%. Yeah. So what I've heard is that it's similar in certain aspects. Um, but in, I think, I think when I heard people talking about it, it was, it sounded like from what they had played, um, whereas like the force awakens, you felt very like powerful all the yeah. time. Um, you still are powerful in this game, yeah. but not to the extent that you were in the That's other one. Totally fine. And it's because like you're you're you know you're trying to survive and stuff. It sounds like they've they've included some more like tactical, like it's third person action, but it's like a little more tactical than just like running in and yeah. like attacking everybody, beating fools down with your lightsaber <laughs> and stuff. You know, choking people. Yeah, yeah. But um, it sounds like you have to like really like strategize about how you take down a room of enemies, kind of thing. Because it's like once you get hit by even just like a low level person, mm-hmm. you like start to stagger, and then if they rush you and stuff, then it's like game over kind of thing. Right. So it sounds more interesting, I would say, in terms of like I want kind of a little more like challenge than just like it, when I played some of like the first Force Awakens, I remember just going in and just clowning oh, fools people. out. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm just like That's I'm great. like oh, I'm so powerful. <laughs> like what's the, what am I what am I even afraid of when I run into like a, a warehouse full of stormtroopers and yep. stuff? You know. But, like, in this one, I'm like, oh, okay, this sounds like I'd have to, like, you know, 
figure things out, actually like act like some dude who's on his own and is like a powerful Jedi, but also not like invincible. You yeah. Know? So very good. Sounds sounds pretty cool, Michael. Mm-hmm. And the last one, no, sorry, actually the penultimate one, oh, second to last. There's, there's two, two more, more after uh, VR. Wait, is there two more? Yeah. Oh, sorry. It's not penultimate. <laughs> VR Ping Pong Pro coming to PSVR on Tuesday. Rackets at the ready. VR Ping Pong Pro is the follow-up to the hit table tennis simulator of 2016, VR Ping Pong. There was a what? I didn't know it was a hit table. I didn't know that even existed. <laughs> Test your skills with a variety of challenging game modes as you rise up the ranks to become the true Ping Pong Pro. Do you have what it takes? Pick up your virtual racket and find out. I don't understand how people can be good at ping pong. I've seen videos. It's of like, crazy, dude. Holy crap. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, ping pong, real ping pong pros are crazy. Yeah. Like, insane. Like, it's 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 crazy to see them just work. <laughs> don't understand. Yep. So the real penultimate one, Woven, coming to PS4 on the 15th, Friday. Explore a woolen world where stuffed animals once lived in peace. Search for hidden secrets and customize your character with different animal shapes to solve puzzles. An epic adventure with two very unlikely heroes and a story narrated in rhyme. That's cool. Yeah. I like I like stories narrated in yeah, rhyme. Yeah, that's how Child of Light was. Mm-hmm. And what's the other one? Um, Figment. Oh, really? Yeah, I think I think they talked in rhyme or in song or something like that. But That's cool. Yeah, pretty, pretty cool stuff. And the last one of the week, Yaga, coming out on PS4 on Tuesday. Smash, clobber, and bash the murderous legends of Slavic mythology in this darkly Slavic. funny, yeah, Slavic, in this darkly funny action role-playing game that changes every time you play. Play as Ivan, a one-handed blacksmith with incredibly bad luck, who must take on the impossible tasks given to him by the Tsar. Looks good. Yeah, it does look pretty good. The, it also looks kind of like like creepy and disturbing. Yeah, but in like a, a good good way. way. Yeah. Now, Michael, if I was looking at all these things and I'm like, man, there's a lot of stuff to buy there, but I only own a Nintendo Switch. I need some direction for good games to get. Where would I go to find out what I could buy? Oh, man, you'd go to the weekly Nintendo Switch picks. And I have one, two, three, four. Now, the first one Hmm. I have coming on the 12th at a price point of $9.99 is called Draw Chili. Chili as in cold chili. C-H-I-L-Y. And I'll read a little description. Draw Chili is a hell of an arcade game about Vladimir, his squad, Purgatory, and the Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Vladimir and his squad of brave, pure-hearted, yet occasionally hapless mechanics fight monkeys as they make their way upward stage by stage to deliver their bosses, who have ended up in Purgatory by mistake, into the hands of the Reapers so they can be sent to hell where they belong. A There's a lot of comments there. there. A lot of stuff going on there. As you upgrade the city and help Vladimir and his squad grow stronger, you'll learn the backstories of each of your main enemies, see scenes from Vladimir's past, and meet the four horsemen who are kind and have a sense of human of humor, human <laughs> sense of humor in the universe. Um, so yeah, it it looks like a almost like a not a tower defense. Mm-hmm. But like you build up your thing, and like people come, and you have to like stop them, and you build up more and stuff. And you... oh, okay. So we, I don't know how to describe the game, yeah. action adventure, but that's not really a yeah. So kind of like tower defense, a little bit. Kind of, yeah. 
It's like like base building defense or something? A little bit, it looks like, yeah. We're creating new genres, Michael. Oh, we are. We're practically Kojima. You okay. heard it first here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my next game comes out on the 14th at a mm-hmm. price point of $14.99 called Labyrinth of the Witch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rogue like as you like. <laughs> I love roguelike. <laughs> uh, a simple dungeon exploration RPG that anyone can play. Strategize, strategically use a multitude of items to tackle ever-changing dungeons. A roguelike for anyone and everyone. The simple, easy-to-play dungeon exploration is free of difficult game... Wait. Yep. It's free of difficult game mechanics. Okay. Yep, that's what it says. <laughs> All right. Speed run faster than anyone. Built for the speedrunners. Take on the speed run dungeon armed with only your wits. No starting items and find your own gear very uh, pixel art but it's it doesn't look like a normal roguelike though yeah yeah this one looks like a kind of dungeon crawly kind of thing yeah like almost like um i don't know it's it's got that like uh grid like um things uh what is that uh, crypt of the necromancer a little bit or necrodancer necrodancer yeah there you go so no, it's got no. it's got that kind of thing there's there's no like beats you have to be on but each time you move then like monsters will move yep. each time you swing a sword monsters can act and stuff so it's it's kind of that kind of thing mm-hmm. i will probably get this because i have like 10 other roguelike games on oh, my switch so there we go and there's a cat girl in here that, what more could you want you know <laughs> <laughs> i know you're always looking for cat stuff so um there next, you go. <laughs> next one i have i this this looks pretty good um, coming on November 14th. <laughs> Bringing endorsements. You'll, 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 you'll understand. Uh, coming out the 14th at a original price point of $4.99. Mm-hmm. Now $3.99. Okay. Perils of Baking. Oh, I know this game. Perils yeah. of Baking is a 2D platformer love letter to its retro inspirations. Mm-hmm. You play as younger of two brothers, famous for their baking. It's up to you to stop your brother's evil plans as he has given in to a dark artifact. Over the 40 main levels in the game, you will master driving a minecart flying a balloon, swimming, baking, reverse gravity, and more. True bakers will discover all the bonus rooms and beat the levels in the secret land. Yep. Now, when I saw this game, yeah. the picture, I, I didn't know what to expect, so I clicked yeah. on it. But it's, it's a 2D platformer, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's supposed to kind of be a play off of, like, um, uh, Super Mario. Yeah. Um, the developer, I believe, um, Lilimo Games, mm. um, is a kind of funny fan. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's, uh, that's why I remember hearing about this a long, long time ago when it came out to, like, PS4 and stuff because it came out, I think, for a similarly uh, cheap price and stuff, um, and it had a platinum trophy. Oh, yeah. there you go. I think they were on Vita and PS4, if I remember nice. right. Nice. Yeah. Now you can get on the Switch. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but the last game, mm-hmm. and I feel the most important game, at least in my mind. Oh, man. Coming out on November 15th. Oh yeah! At a price point of fifty nine ninety nine. Oh boy! Pokemon Sword and Shield. Yeah. Now I don't have to talk about Pokemon because everyone knows Pokemon. But you do. The one important thing you have to talk about is what is your starter character going to be, Michael? Of obviously, I don't know the name. Sobble. There you go. <laughs> the one I've all, out of all the Pokemon games I played, I always pick the water Pokemon. I always uh-huh. have. I picked Squirtle. I picked uh, Totodile. Mm-hmm. And those were the only two Pokemon I've played. <laughs> out of the all the games I've played, all two of them. Which are no, no, I, I've see, only picked Water ones. No, because because I don't think Crystal Crystal, Crystal had was with the gold, gold and silver. silver yeah. yeah, so I played blue. I played blue. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I had I had the Frogator or not the Frogator, the Blastoise, Blastoise version yeah. or the yeah, Squirtle, yeah. and then played uh, Gold and Silver, and picked Totodile, and then Crystal picked Totodile again. Oh, okay, okay. 
Yeah. That's but, interesting. You played. You played. Wait. So which one? Which one did you play? Gold? Or did you play silver? Um, I think I. I mean, I had gold. I played silver with Lugia. I think. Oh, okay. Okay. I so it's like so. you. So you played silver, and then you played crystal as well. Mm-hmm. What was the crystal had the. Uh, because um, even the gold and silver had all the dogs. Yeah, like I Suicune think, and stuff. Who was on the front? I think of, gold and uh, they had they had because on front of Crystal was the, the Suicune. Yeah, the, the wind. Rare I think dog they were the creature. main legendary Pokemon's in the game because gold and silver were the main ones. Were Lugia and uh, Ho Ho. Yeah, what wasn't? Couldn't you still get Lugia and or Ho Ho in Crystal? Crystal? You probably could. Yeah, because I was gonna say because you could get the the. the legendary dog characters mm. within like gold and silver as well i was just i was always curious as to like what the tie was for like getting you to play like crystal i think crystal um not you but just people in general the yeah. new i think it was a new world or new area i think don't hold me to that um but the new animations this is the first pokemon game where the pokemon moved in battle and stuff because oh, okay, gold okay. and silver they would they would make the noise but they would still be stationary gotcha. and crystal they would like do a move animation and i think crystal i don't know there was something else about crystal that you could do like either like you could run or you could like use a bike of certain of a certain thing okay but yeah it was yeah because now i'm curious i'm trying to remember because i remember that that yellow version like it's it's i believe it's as as at least i think of it as like the yellow version draw was that you had pikachu as your starter and he could follow you around and stuff right whereas like the the crystal as far as I remember, like you don't, you still choose from the regular main three starters that you choose from in like gold and silver. Mm-hmm. It's just now the you get to do something else. I would assume there, there was something. There was yeah. something else. I think Pokemon Crystal had a lot of Pokemon players can catch as it combines the whole Pokedex. There were, however, some Pokemon. On. I'll, no, okay. Mm. I'll, so, we'll, yeah, so maybe you could cu- you could catch more Pokemon that you, that weren't available within like like because they they usually like will split up the. What is it? The Pokedex between like gold and silver, or red and blue, and stuff, right? And uh, another thing in Pokemon Crystal, Ho-Oh only appears after the three legendary beasts Suicune, Raikou, and Entei have been all been, have been captured. In gold, Ho-Oh is obtainable before the Elite Four, and in silver, uh, Lugia is available before the Elite Four. Okay, okay. So, so that's yeah, one okay. difference there. Okay, that makes sense. There's multiple yeah. other ones though. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure there's like small differences yeah. in there as well. But, but I'm getting yeah. sword. You're getting. Shield. Yeah, I already, I already have shield pre-ordered. Yep, so I'm same just, just here. waiting for the 15. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, those are those are all games I have for this week. Nice, nice. Now um, you had ones that I had as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the only one that I think wasn't mentioned is oh, called oh. Some Distant Memory. Oh, oh, oh. So this one's coming out on the 14th. Um, price point of 12.99. Nice. Um, the premise of the game. So I'll read a little bit here. Rebuild their memories. Relive their lives. The future ends without the past. Some Distant Memory is a hand-drawn story exploration game set 300 years after the apocalypse. You play an archaeologist named Professor Zay, com- joined by her companion Aurora, a centuries-old AI capable of recreating human memories with scanned relics, or from scanned relics. So the the game looks pretty cool. It's like you you are journeying with like a partner in the beginning mm-hmm. uh, just from the the trailer when i watched it before um journeying with your partner and stuff you fall through the ground and like discover it looks like um kind of like remnants of it's almost if you kind of think about it as like archaeology kind of thing right you, you find remnants of like some old like house or something like that or some building 
and um, essentially you start to kind of decode what happened to these people and like what they did in their lives and stuff like that and it looks pretty cool it's got some like um what's called yeah it's it's you have to kind of adventure around find items then do your your business with like decoding them or um kind of filling in like pictures and stuff and then you get these holographic um almost kind of like uh, story scenes where characters will be like doing things like they did like in their past life oh, and stuff. Oh, that's really cool. And I was like, oh, this seems really cool. It looks like a fun like what's called adventure kind mm-hmm. of thing. So, yeah, I thought that was a, that was a pretty cool one that I, I haven't seen or heard anything about like previously. Yeah. Oh, so that was the only one you got? Yeah, yeah, because you had uh, Labyrinth of the Witch. Um, obviously, we already talked about like a few other ones that were um, what's called going to be coming to the PS4. So like Romancing Saga 3 is coming out. Yep, yep. Um, Yaga is coming out. Uh, pre-purchase, uh, 20% off for that game, which mm. is pretty cool. Um, Sparklight, pre-purchase 15% off. Nice. On the Switch. I'm hoping that's going to be the same for PS4 too, man. Um, but since we're talking about Sparklight, <laughs> <laughs> I'll segue myself. All right. Here, I guess. <laughs> Use my other one for another day. <laughs> Oh, you had them. Go ahead. I, 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 Tell I, me. It was. It Tell wasn't me. very good. It was. It was. I was going to mention. You know what? I don't have oh, yeah. an indie game that mm-hmm. I don't know of. That you have though. <laughs> that Your, yours is much better. That I have. <laughs> <laughs> but so we have um, this week for segment four, the NIC, um, in the indie corner, we have Sparklight. Mm. So this is by uh, Red Blue Games. Uh, it's being developed by them, published by Merge Games, Ooh. and you might recognize uh, Merge Games from. What's called? They've worked with, uh, I believe, uh, Red Hook, uh, guys who made uh, guys and gals who made uh, the Darkest Dungeon. Oh, okay. They also worked with uh, Motion Twin for um, what's called Dead Cells. Oh. So they do a lot of really cool like indie um, publishing and stuff over here at Merge Games. Right. Um, but so like we talked about before, um, Sparklight, um, top-down action adventure in pixel art. The game looks beautiful. It I really it does. Pixel art, I feel like there's there isn't like another art style that I've seen quite yet that like just always looks awesome. Yeah. You know, like the besides just like regular anime looking kind of things. I I will say and it's only been one game. I do like I it would be awesome if they do more games like that, like Cupheads. Oh yeah. Old yeah, style yeah. like that, yeah. cartoon. That man. something about that is amazing. Oh opinion. yeah, but that man, that's that's gotta take so oh, yeah. oh, God. so much so time long. to animate yeah. all that stuff. But yeah, but it looks amazing when it like works out and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, so pixel art game. Um, in terms of Sparklight itself, it's coming out on November fourteenth. So we we mentioned that a little bit already. Um, coming to Mac, PC, and all the consoles. So we now we know that they're coming to everything. Um, there's also going to be a signature edition, which is pretty Ooh. cool. Coming, um, I assume it's just the same day that it releases and stuff. Uh, the signature edition comes with um, a like special sleeve and box. Comes with the game, um, the original soundtrack for the game. Comes with a couple enamel pins, which look pretty cute. Oh, nice! Um, a numbered certificate signed by the the devs and stuff, and then a art book for the game. Ooh! Yeah, I think the signature edition. I haven't been able to quite find like the what's called. I, I was looking for it like if it's on Amazon or something. I think it's on like sp- specific sites, and I think it's thirty nine ninety nine. The okay. the game itself, if you get it on, if you get it digitally, it's twenty four ninety nine is the regular price. Um, if you get the physical, just normal edition, it looks like that's uh, thirty bucks. Oh, okay, that's not too bad. Yeah, yeah, and I think it makes sense because if you're printing out like a physical 
disc or cartridge kind of thing and stuff, you need, it's, it makes sense to make the price a little bit different because you're getting a physical thing with it. True. Um, you have to like, you know, pay the people who make the boxes and the, the artwork mm-hmm. for the sleeves and whatnot, all these different things. Um, but yeah, the, the game itself looks really cool. Just kind of, um, let me, I'm going to pull this up on the, on the switch here because the, the switch really had a lot of like good information about it. Um, like I mentioned over there, it's 15% off. So it's what 2249, I believe is like the, the price for pre-purchase. Mm-hmm. And I think that lasts until like a week after it comes out. Oh, as well. yeah, that's nice. Yeah. So it's pretty, pretty nice if you're not quite sure and you want to like see some reviews or something first. Um, but the, the switch store had a lot of like good, good explanations about it and everything too. Um, so along with just kind of the, the game being what it is, like the action adventure kind of thing, you also have the ability to play co-op with a friend. Oh, that's cool. So you can rescue, um, Ada's robotic sidekick to play local assistive co-op. Um, the world, it sounds like, like they mentioned is procedurally generated. Nice. I I would assume kind of similar to, um, how was it? Eagle Island kind of did it too, where it's it's changed around so that you know there's there's elements in different areas that you wouldn't find if you played it again or someone right. else was playing next to you kind of thing and then um the soundtrack is being made by um or composed by uh, dale north who also worked on wizard of legend oh nice yeah which has a pretty good soundtrack yep and um they they specifically call it in the description they call it a oh, sorry it was 21 24 is the price that was the thing 15 percent off um, they specifically call it a GameCube-inspired soundtrack, Ooh. which I'm like, oh, man, you guys are thing. selling me right now. All you need is put the Game GameCube there. You got me. <laughs> All you got to do is put this is, a, this is a GameCube classic, and I'm like, I Boom. believe you. I'll get it now. <laughs> <laughs> the only description, GameCube. I got it. Yeah. Give me, Take my money. <laughs> Be like, you remember the GameCube? We'll play Sparklight. And you're like, yes, sir. <laughs> you have my money. But, yeah, it looks like a lot of fun. The, the what's it called? Going through the world kind of reminds me a little bit of um, like uh, kind of like Zelda like games a little like the right. older Zelda games, and then um, also just the the bosses are pretty like huge and it looks just watching kind of the some of the trailer stuff looks pretty exciting to actually like fight these bosses. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty interested to to try it. it looks out. really good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The I, I think this is one that I saw over at PAX, but there was always people playing it, oh, which I is a good sign. Yeah, but it just means I never got to try it out. That's okay. So now. We'll be able to try it out for reels and keep this progress that I've, I've played. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the progress. That's always that's always something I want to do is keep my progress. Oh man! But if I was looking at these games and I'm like, man, that's that's there's so many things coming out so fast. So fast. And I was like, wait, what kind of other things are fast? Oh man, you would know what that is. That oh, is a man. Sonic, good old Sonic the Hedgehog. This is Sonic Super Fast Minute. Now, I, I'm pretty sure I mentioned last week uh, Sonic Boom. Okay, yeah. And probably. how dysfunctional it was. <laughs> probably also. So we're going to dive into how dysfunctional and just unfortunate the development of this game was. Oh, boy. Now, Sonic Boom is a really bad game. <laughs> <laughs> the game groups have played it. They've, they've, they've edited videos that mm-hmm. show all the the glitches and uh, bad editing and that's like one of the newer games right it, I, was it like for the wii or wii it was for the wii u came out initially in 2014 uh, so okay, yeah. so kind of new but there's been other games that have been released after yeah i remember um i think i remember seeing colin moriarty play this game and he was trying like at the end he was just so like he's like oh my gosh this is so bad yeah he was just trying to like 
like ju- he was jumping off the edge of the cliff with Sonic to just end the game, end the game yeah. so that he could finish the video. And the when he would do that, Sonic never would he would never like stay dead. He would he would jump down there and the game would like spawn him back up. Oh my with god! More rings. And so he couldn't actually like off himself in the game, and he's oh. just like this game is just forcing me to play it at this point. Oh, that's a, that's hilarious, man! <laughs> oh god! <laughs> but um, um, let's jump into this. Mm-hmm. Um, development: Los Angeles-based game studio Big Red Button developed the game under supervision by Sonic Team. A long, long-time Sonic game designer, Takashi Izuka. The game was built on CryEngine and is centered on combat and exploration. Sega outsourced the game to Western developers in order to increase the game's appeal to Western markets, culminating in a separate westernized Sonic franchise. The video game concept came after the television series plan. A whole different story. (laughs) Big Red Button was chosen due to the studio's adventure game portfolio and leader Bob Raffi of the Crash Bandicoot, Uncharted, and Jack and Baxter series. The game started development as, quote, Project Apollo. Around October 2011, it focused on land party online multiplayer gameplay and racing. Storyline-wise, it revolved about Sonic's origins. Sonic and young Eggman were close friends, but during a time travel project, Eggman broke their friendship by messing with the past. Oh, boy. The ancients were also important to Sonic's origins. Eggman was once planned to have a be as a playable character, but it was discarded. The tentative title of this game was Sonic Origins. Glad oh, that man. never came out. <laughs> <laughs> One of the developer's goals were to create an organic and natural-looking world using handmade textures for a cartoonish look. However, the result was the result were poor due to the Wii U's low capabilities. Who would have thunk? <laughs> <laughs> the developers went for a Jack and Daxter-styled Sonic with the game being 80% exploration and 20% speed. Due to requirements from Sega Japan, the staff worked for two years on a vertical slice demo, a demo that showcased the game's gimmicks so the staff could work on them and show their ideas to Sega. The game was planned to be a four-player co-op adventure set to be released as a digital title on Steam with a PS Store slash Xbox Live port planned if sales went as expected the vertical size demo became known as sonic synergy 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 oh okay i said that wrong i was like synergy (laughs) just creating sega showed the vertical size demo to nintendo in late 2012 and included sonic synergy as part of their exclusively exclusive exclusivity deal gotcha sega initially asked big red button for a nintendo 3ds port but Senzaru Games took over the task. Mm. The Wii U port came to be around mid-2013. However, a full game, a full change of the game became the prime focus due to, due to the Wii U's hardware. Since a four-player co-op was impossible, the game was turned into a two-player adventure. Oh, Many wow. mechanics were also changed, making the developers rework the levels into more linear ones with interactive prompt buttons for almost everything. Jeez. Another problem soon arose for the game, the TV show. A designer pitched Sega, wait, a designer pitched Sega the idea of the Sonic TV show. It was unrelated to the game, but 8 months before the game's launch, Sega gave them total control of the series. This prompted big changes to the storyline, such as making Knuckles dim-witted among other things. Remember oh, I mentioned he was yeah. a st- stupid 
doofus. <laughs> Light words there. Old, old stupid doofus. <laughs> this novels. forced the developers to create a richer world that was absent from the series, along with filler cutscenes and levels to suit the storyline changes. No info on previous storylines was revealed, except that the ancients played a big role. That's a <laughs> origin thing. That's got to be just like a constantly running Sonic joke. It's I like, <laughs> what? What's causing this? This the world destruction is the ancients, guys. We gotta go stop the ancients. <laughs> um, Sega and Sonic Team also asked for several changes during the development process. Gameplay, aside from uh, asking for more speed sections and less exploration. They had Team Sonic's ability to swim removed so the characters could die upon contact with water, like in the main video game series. That Terrible. is literally the worst thing it is for every video game is when water kills Garbage. Them. I hate yeah. it. Ugh. Design. Several designs for the Team Sonic were discarded due to them being too far, too far removed from their legacy designs. So they were made more similar to their counterparts. Several NPCs also had to be radically changed when they violated Team Sonic or Sonic's team guidelines. Cliff, for example, was originally an inventor, but Izuka said that only Tails and Eggman could be inventors. Oh, jeez. Storyline. The original story was discarded entirely because Sega themselves wanted to tell Sonic's origin story someday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Most of the initial gameplay gimmicks and moves were removed due to the Wii U's limitations. Crater Lake, for example, was a hu- was hugely changed. It's a big open world water area oh, okay. because it focused on um, four-player water skiing. The developers had to use parts from other levels to fill out the lack of mechanics. Jeez. Other elements that ended up being removed were, were Chow, a banking system for rings, gamepad-controlled gimmicks, and a biplane segment between Sky Citadel and Lyric Slayer. Also, the title Sonic Synergy, Synergy, mm-hmm. Uh, got changed to Sonic Boom because Sega wanted to make a global brand and Synergy made no sense as a brand. And then it goes on to like <laughs> promotional stuff you know, that I know, messed I know up. Sonic Boom is a thing, but like, <laughs> does that does that make it any better? <laughs> no, not really. But yeah, that that's that's the whole development. Oh, unfortunate, geez, man. The whole the, the the thing that got me the most was the two year vertical slice they had to do. Oh yeah. It's interesting that that you mentioned it was a it was a mandatory thing. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was, I'm curious, like if the wording of that means that like the vertical slice was mandatory. In which case, I get it. it, that, I think or that's what it meant. if it was like you have to work on this for at least two years before you show it to us, because otherwise we won't accept it because it might not be good, kind of thing. I would hope it would be the first one. <laughs> yeah, because I'm just like, oh man, that's crazy. Yeah. But, but yeah. so we're gonna be playing this game. Oh, jeez. Soon. No way. <laughs> I'll watch you play this game. No, I'm not touching this game. <laughs> yeah, go play um, once you get a GameCube for for retro reasons. Yeah. Go and get um, Shadow the Hedgehog. Oh, yeah. yeah, go and play that, man. I did have it. Yeah. I wish I still had it. Gotta be so it. edgy, you know. I know. The game had two endings. Oh, did it really? Yeah, it had a good oh, ending wow. and then a bad ending. Oh, wow. How did you... Depending on what you did in the game, yeah. Okay, there were choices. Yeah, you could help Sonic and his team, or you could not help Sonic and his team. Be the super all-powerful arm shadow bad guy. All right, yeah, with guns. (laughs) Do 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 do. (laughs) (laughs) Michael just made a like a where. What is it like a like a western shooting my handguns up in the air motion? That's exactly what he did. That's why. I'm just going to imagine Shadow with a cowboy hat. Like, I'm Shadow, best hedgehog ever. Do, 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 do. But he's Shadow, so his face doesn't move. I'm Shadow, 
do 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 stone faced. That's even worse. Oh gosh. Oh my gosh. Wow. Ladies and gents, this has been the Bros and Consoles Podcast, episode 49, one year after the start. It's crazy. Now, I'm thinking about it. The So we have episode 50 coming up. Yes. Um, people listening, if... Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. The, now we are getting to the, the end of the show here. If you have any crazy comments, questions, or feedback, or specific things that you want talked about in episode 50, <laughs> you let us know, brosandconsoles at gmail.com, or um, write questions to me on Twitter at Indy Ronin or Michael on Instagram. Just write questions and take pictures of them. Yes. Um, and he is <laughs> the world of Mike with periods in between each word. Um, but yeah, the, if we if we get some if we get some good suggestions and stuff, then I will because I wanna I wanna eventually get to a place where we can like give back to like people listening and stuff because mm. I think it's it's a it's a nice thing. Yeah, people, people are listening like every week and stuff, and so I think it's it's nice to be able to kind of like give things for them and stuff. It's true, I agree. Because they're they're giving their time. I know we give time to like record, but it's it's what it is. We do it because it's fun. Yeah. Um, but. Um, any good like questions and things like that we will send out and I'll leave this open I'm not going to give like a, a what's it called I'm not going to give a, a hard date obviously episode 50 will come in a week yeah but, <laughs> but if um, what's it called if people are shy which I understand it's, it's okay to be shy yeah uh, if people are shy and they're like I don't know like seven weeks down the line they're like my new year's revolution Re- Re- revolution new year's resolution is i'm gonna finally write in a question to the bros and Cuddles podcast I highly done that, so. <laughs> that'd be hilarious though <laughs> but uh, if that's the case then i'll leave it open so um if you got if you got any burning questions write in and i will have or well, michael and i will have an answer for you and a ten dollar code to either PlayStation, Xbox, or Nintendo Switch uh-huh. for you. Obviously, it's not going to go on forever. Gonna, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's not like everyone who writes in a question every single week is going to get one of these. But um, we'll say like the first three that we get. I'll do that. So, yeah. Cool. And this is just coming out of my money. I haven't. I didn't discuss this with Michael, so he's no. Like, this is so all surprised. new to me. This is all new, new to me. <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, this, I think this would be a nice thing. So yeah. I'll leave it open. First three that we get and stuff. I'll go ahead and send those out. And you just got to let me know what console you would like. I don't do Steam codes because I don't know how they work. I'm not, a, I'm not a PC gamer. PC I don't know how it works. We appreciate you, but yeah, yeah. But I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand how. I don't even. Can you? Can you just? buy steam codes is that a thing yeah i think so i'm pretty sure i saw steam oh that's true i think i've seen that yeah in the stores it's complicated though i'd have to go and buy a card yeah it's too much work but i can just amazon like a card for one of the other three and Mm. it works out fine so we will see you guys again next week for episode 50 we'll probably do since it's 50 we might just do some like crazy obviously there'll be like normal things but maybe if it's a hopefully if it's a lighter news week that'd be great yeah then quizzes maybe yeah maybe some fun quizzes maybe some new lists we can make some oh yeah we're coming to the end of the year we are we're i don't want to do like a um list of like all the the top games we played in this year kind of thing or not played but like top games of 2019 yet because there's still some games that are coming out that's true pokemon sword and shield Star Wars. Wars. I'm just like, oh man, these games are. These, I'm really excited to play. Yeah, so we have we have some time still. That'll that'll be towards the end of the year, but we can possibly do some reworking of favorite games. Mm, it's true. 
we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll yeah. figure it out, and you guys will find out. It'll be a surprise. Yeah, ten hour episode. Oh gosh, no, no, no it won't. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we will see you guys next week. Peace out. Peace. Peace.